What is this world coming to? Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, February 9, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 381. This is No Agenda. Spending my days with Leviathan here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody from Austin, Texas, I'm Adam Curry. And plain and simple, from northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill. In the morning. Hey, Stinger. Nice. Well, hey, John. Hey, in the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships at sea, boots on the ground and feet in the air. You should try something new one of these days on your in the morning. In the morning to you, by the way. And then I'll in the just, morning to you, Adam Curry. In, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. And in the morning to all of uh, you our... You should try something new. You should try something new. It's always it's always the same thing. But let me let me say in the morning, everybody, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net there in the chat Sounds room. Sounds familiar. Yes, we've got uh, all of our uh, human resources lined up, uh, charged and up, ready and ready to, to go. go. This is what you say every time. I know. That's what, If you say something different, maybe I'll say something different. You know, we should mix, oh, really? we should mix it up a bit. Huh. You know, go crazy. Hey, did you tweet because uh, there's like no one listening? Well, no one listened to my tweet then. Did I push the button? <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you actually push the button? Let me see. We got uh, 600 people. That's low. What it is, is low. It's a, well, it's a Thursday. Give people a chance. It's That's right. Thursday. People have worked, have worked for a living. <laughs> Unlike us. <laughs> we don't work for a living. My goodness, I'd almost do this show for free. Yeah, it says right here, noagendastream.com should be streaming the latest No Agenda. Oh, I see what I have. Oh. oh, you didn't press go? No, no, I got it here. I just put the, the, the hashtag in front of it, so if somebody clicks on it, they're not going like, to really get it. Oh. Uh, oh, you didn't, you didn't tweet it right. Well, okay, it's too hard to cut and paste. You tweeted it wrong, man. Hey, uh, by the way, Mr. Backpedal of the Century, I saw your tweet the other day. You're like, uh... I've re-examined all the fractals, and uh, I was wrong. Yeah, of course you're wrong. Did I call the, the guy who never watches a single game uh, at all during the entire year, except for the Super Bowl? Yeah. And I called shows it. you how stupid sports are. <laughs> and I called it. I said, Giants are going to win. And then even after the show, you said to me, by the way, man, you're wrong. I've got all the fractals uh, all, all figured out. <laughs> I did not. That's exactly what this you said. This is not only a lie, but a very poor imitation of my voice. <laughs> I'll give you the poor imitation. But you actually did. You said, before we hung up, you said, by no. the way, you're wrong on that. Yes, you did. No. Oh, oh, you lie. You lie. No, you're a horrible this man. Right. You're just a, this is some sort of dream you had. Right? No, or, no, no, no. Or a vivid oh, dream. Probably. I can't believe you're doing this. After the show, we, we did a little deconstruction of the show, and then we hung, you went on Bef- your way. I don't remember ah! talking about football. No, we didn't. You said, oh, by the way, before you, I was like, okay, I'm done. You said, yeah, oh, by, by the way, you're totally wrong on, on the Giants thing. That's exactly <laughs> what you said. But like, you know, like not even on the air, but off the air, the, the five minutes we talked privately, you still had to reiterate that I was going to be wrong. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So what happened with your fractal theory? Where did well, that go wrong? Yeah, here's what happened. Because I subscribed to the fractal theory, and I was like, The wow. fractal theory was fine, except when I really started looking at it. I had these fractals. I, had, I just basically made them up. There weren't any real fractals here. For one thing, Eli what? Manning's got no you had, relationship you had to this his whole, brother. You had this Wait, whole no, let thing. Let me give you the fractals. And I said that Brady needs to win four Super Bowls to match uh, um, 
Joe Montana, but he's already won three and lost when Montana never lost one. So the fractal's broken right there. And the other thing is, every t- this game was an exact fractal model of the last time the two teams played, with the Giants winning in the last minute. So it was just that I was just. I was just wishful thinking I'd created these fra- imaginary fractals and I was convinced that that's the way the game would go, but I was wrong. Okay, well, the, the only, okay, good, because I don't give a crap about football. I mean, you know I don't. But you care about the fractals. Yes, of course. If the fractal theory is broken, then we have a much bigger problem. So you just, you, but apparently for some reason you made up the fractal. I mm. kind of pushed the limits on what, you know, on the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm glad I watched the game for a number of reasons. Oh, uh, well, it was very important because uh, we had a, a very important. Me- now, first of all, you were right about the viewership. Uh, it was a little lower than the 117. So, if we'd done the 117 million, it would have been the over under uh, under would have won because yeah. it was 111, I think. Right. Um, the total number, which is bogus, which advertisers don't buy on that, but it doesn't matter. You know, it's like, oh, 168 million, a trillion people are watching this telecast live. <laughs> you watch, you watch during the, the Grammys this weekend. It'll be a billion people are watching around the globe. They always say that bull crap and it's just not true, but it is very important. It's a very important moment for the president to, uh, Mind control everybody as we're all nice and sauced up and we're all, hey, is that yeah, guy? which is a good time to message. Yeah, listen, listen the message. So last and year, you got a lot of grease. You're eating sausages <laughs> with a lot of grease, and you're drinking a lot of alcohol. A lot of high ready fr- to, for yeah, the message. A lot of high fructose corn syrup. We should do this show veins. after dinner. <laughs> when people are like, yeah, man, that's everything they say is true. <laughs> I I know it's all right. Um. So last year, I think they had Bill O'Reilly from the Fox News Network, who was uh, who, you know, no one really. A lot of people were like I didn't like that interview, and so and, and the administration, I'm sure, didn't. So they got the calmest pussycat of all, Matt Lauer, who I know, who for, on on a, on a very very cold day, winter's day in New York, actually hosted a few VH1 shows. This is how I know the guy, um, and I hung out with him once at an airport, and he's just he's just the he's he's not a journalist. Anyway, so he gets the gig to go uh, speak with the president. Did you see this uh, particular interview, John, or were you no, fast? No, of course not. Oh, okay. Um, three short clips. Very interesting wordage. Words do matter. Listen to what the president says as Matt Lauer asks him about, uh, of course, uh, Israel uh, and their imminent attack on Iran. It seems now the Israelis are signaling that they may act and conduct a strike inside Iran at their nuclear sites sooner than later. Do they have your full support for that raid? Uh, I don't think that Israel has made a decision on what they need to do. I think they, like us, believe that Iran has to stand out on its nuclear weapons program. Did you hear the uh, the little word thing? Did you hear it there? <coughs> Besides that, no. He said instead of if what he what he what he's trying to communicate is I don't think Israel's made a decision about what they're going to do. But that's not what he says. He says something else. Listen again. Say play it again think that Israel has made a decision on what they need to do. I- what they need to do. They haven't made a decision on what oh, they right. need what to do. What they're going to do, but what they need to do. What they need to do. I thought, oh, words yeah, matter. You're right. You're words right. matter. A it's a good catch. Good catch. Now, now um, the uh, <clears throat> this was kind of funny. So uh, Matt Lauer tries to do a little human interest in his six minutes of interview. It's like, you know, are your kids, are, are they all jacked up about, uh, what's, this, what's the quarterback? Tom Brady. Tom Brady? 
Wasn't he? Uh, yeah, Tom Brady yeah. and Eli Manning were the two quarterbacks. Yeah, but Tom Brady's the guy who uh, who's with. Uh, He's got the, the model, the supermodel, right? So, oh, are the Obama girls all jacked up about him? Are they all hot and saucy? You know, that's yeah. You know, are the Obama women? Are they like are they like hot for him? Do they have posters on the wall? This is how our president uh, handles parenthood. You're gonna get me. I, I'm going to look for a great game. What about the ladies in the Obama household? Do they feel about Tom Brady the same way ladies all around the country <laughs> feel about this guy? I think they know he's a good-looking guy. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Is there po- perhaps a poster of Tom Brady somewhere in the East Wing? No, you, you know, they haven't. The, the girls, 13, 10, they're not quite at the age yet where they start to... Uh, putting up the pic- pictures of guys yet uh justin bieber maybe. when when that happens i will uh i i, I may uh you know call uh, some executive privilege and say <laughs> that uh, that's not appropriate why don't you just drone him obama what yeah I'm, i may call some executive One privilege thing, they're old enough to put up posters yeah and uh the second thing is so who's he kidding yeah but then he's like if if if, if i see that I, I may have to call some executive privilege no, just drone your kids, dude. That's how. Well, that's you can how you the drone or send in the mother-in-law who lives in the White House. We always forget that. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't forget it. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I never want to be president if that's part of the deal. <laughs> it's the only time it's ever happened that I know of. Yeah, and then of course uh, you are absolutely spot on. You called this a couple of episodes ago, where you said the uh, the new campaign for Obama is we're only half done. We're not there yet. We need to go for the second half. We need to. Uh, we need, you know, you can't stop us now. And uh, this was the the real message that uh, that the president communicated. Three years ago, we sat for this interview on Super Bowl Sunday. You had been president for just ten days, and we. T- oh, by the way, so they're showing B-roll of three years ago. He's wearing the exact same shirt, and it's a very distinct shirt because it has little, uh, you know, it's like a like a checked shirt. The exact same shirt. Like, the guy only has one football shirt or something. <laughs> it's his football shirt. Really weird. His lucky football shirt. It's not, it's not even a good-looking shirt. It's like, it just says, it just says, I'm a nerd. Anyway, it's the same, it was just interesting that it was the exact same shirt. I mean, if I was watching that there, with, with I'd say, hey, by the way, dude, don't you have any other wardrobe? It was three years ago. It's the same stinky shirt. Talked about the state of the economy, which was in dire straits, and you said this to me, quote, if I don't have this done in three years, then it's going to be a one-term proposition. You got good news on Friday in terms of jobs. The unemployment rate went down to 8.3%. But I think if you go out on the street and you ask average Americans, is the recovery done, overwhelmingly they will tell you it is not right. so do you deserve a second term i deserve, deserve a second term deserve. but we're not done uh, look when you and i sat down we were losing 750,000 jobs a month in fact we had found out just a few days before we sat down that we had lost that month 750,000 jobs now we're creating 250,000 we've created 3.7 million jobs over the last 23 months We've created the most jobs since 2005, the most manufacturing jobs since... And by the way, uh, wasn't it saved or created? They dropped that meme up here. What what happened to all that? It's saved or created. Now it's just created, not even saved. 1990. But we're not finished. And we've got to not only... We're not finished. ...boost up American manufacturing so that not just the auto industry, but all American manufacturing is building again and selling overseas. We've got to make sure that we're pushing American energy, and that includes not just oil and gas, but clean energy. We've got to make sure that the skills of American workers are the best in the world, and we're making progress on that front. And we've got to return to old-fashioned American values. Now, before he says this, so first of all, you don't deserve a second term in the United States. You can get elected, and 
you can be asked. You don't deserve it. There's no deserving. I'm sorry. That I found that to, personally, I found that to be offensive. I deserve this. I, I deserve it. Look what I've done. And now, John, what would you say are the old-fashioned American values? I mean, this is not an ageist thing, but I think that uh, I can only go back so far. You go back. You go back further. I go back to the turn of the previous century. <laughs> what do you? What are the? Just uh, getting by. Oh no! Wait, that's the new. Uh, no, that's American the American dream. dream. I'm talking about the American values. Oh, and, American values. And this is a meme that is is continuing. This is a, Honesty, another short. hard work. Get you, you get you get you uh, ahead. You could you make as much money as you want to in this country. There's nothing holding you back. Everybody getting a fair shot. Everybody doing their fair share. Everybody playing by the same rules. And there you go. It's everybody getting a fair shot. Everybody doing their fair share, and everybody yeah, playing like by the rules. He's Stalin. Yeah, that's <laughs> this is not American values. <laughs> fair shot. Okay, I'll give you that one. Everybody gets their fit, but it's not like hey. Hey, hey, you. Hey, citizen. It's your shot. Okay. Make it count. You know, everyone does their fair share. I don't, I don't know. That just doesn't sound to me fair like... Fair share thing has bugged me. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a... Who's, who, by whose standards? Who is saying what a fair share is? The government. Well, let's listen to it again. Fair shot. Everybody doing their fair share. Everybody playing by the same rules. And that means, for example, regulations to make sure that Wall Street is following... Uh, the same rules that Main Street's doing, but we've made progress. And the key rules right for now, Wall Street aren't the same as the rules for Main Street. No, but they, they have rules against crossing a red light. What's that going to do with Wall Street? <laughs> they're going to were they going to put a rule in for Wall Street you that can't, you can't, you know, you run can't, a light? You can't cross. What to do with Wall you Street? Can't Why would cross, they have a rule like that? Listen, How would they have the same rules? It doesn't make any sense. I think you pointed out exactly. If you want to cross the Wall Street on a red light, that's illegal. And if you want to cross Main Street on a red light, that's also illegal. Those are the only rules that are similar. Now, the whole thing was very bothersome. And, of course, a total setup with Clint Eastwood and his halftime in America. I mean, it couldn't it, you know, you, you, you pointed out specifically the uh, the commercial where you have the guy with his big afro and they cut off his half the hair. And like, oh, this is no good. You don't want to have Bobby walking around with half an afro. Although, by the way, <laughs> I think that is a kind of a cool look. It was very cool. Yeah, think, they should go with that. I think Nicki Minaj should try that out. I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, so then they, they employ Clint Eastwood to do, and I only took uh, half of the commercial. It was so long. It's halftime. Halftime. Both teams are in their locker room discussing what they can do to win this game in the second half. It's halftime in America, too. Uh, I mean, isn't that a clear analogy to the halftime for the Obama reign? I think reign? Clint Eastwood was suckered into this commercial because... He is a Republican libertarian, and I don't think he knew that he what he was doing. I think he did it because he thought it was like he probably as the meta. He probably thought this was a cool idea, and he bought into it. But he does he doesn't since he doesn't listen to our show. He doesn't <laughs> realize that there is a meme underway. This half you know, done meme that Obama's pushing or Obama's people are pushing, and he doesn't know that it even exists. I say most people don't know it exists. Wow! And so he got suckered into doing this idiotic commercial. But, for charity or something, I think, I think the, where the money went. I think the, you know, he looked at the original script and went like, what is this half row? I don't understand the half row. Let's just say half time. Because that would have been better. Half row. It's half row in America. <laughs> That's what we're going to call it. Half row. It's kind of racist, though. But I didn't come up with the whole commercial. It's an, it's an afro in that commercial, right? 
Yeah, or something. Yeah, or it's just a haircut. I don't remember. Mm. That was weeks and weeks ago. No. Anyway. But it was idiotic. So this whole halftime in America, we can't stop now. We can't change course. Never change a winning team. Everyone gets their fair shot, do their fair share, and play by the same rules. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you laugh? Because it is when you the way you roll it out is actually quite funny. <laughs> well, but it's the same words. It's just saying it a little differently. It's not all that much difference. Anywho, well, I thought the uh, overall it was. Uh, I, you know, I've actually DVR'd the game and 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 sped watch it going past the commercials. Yeah, no, I, I decided I that, that this is a bullcrap scam that's been played on the public. Oh, you've got to watch the Super Bowl because the commercials are so great. So people actually tell you that, oh, yes, I sat down and watched all the commercials so I could talk about them around the water cooler. Well, it turns out there's nothing to talk about, A. <laughs> and B, how do you get suckered, believe me, suckered into watching commercials per se? <laughs> it's a be- it's beautiful. It's idiotic. So I decided, screw it. I am not going to watch any of the Super Bowl commercials. And I, I did catch a couple in, while going fast forward. I saw a couple of compelling commercials I had to watch. Yeah, you don't like have the- to mention them. I don't care. Yeah, well, the one with the flying saucer. Was yeah, good. but you mentioned them all on the Horowitz show. I heard that. I heard it all. Yeah, well, I only all two. I saw two. Yeah. Anyway, so um, so you got suckered. You got suckered so into done. it too. We're done. We're done. We're yeah. done. We're done with the Super Bowl. Oh. I mean, because I, I think the real the breaking news. I mean, the news that they were just playing everywhere, everywhere you turned, every news or every single network played this over and over and over again. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Assyria? No. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. That's what I'm seeing. What are, what are you talking about? I wasn't I? I don't know. Maybe I wasn't. I actually didn't see this anywhere except on Democracy Now. But I assumed that every network would be playing this because it's one of the biggest deals we've ever gone through in our country's history. The longest embargo last week was the 50th anniversary of the Cuban embargo. Oh. The longest embargo in the history of the world. That <laughs> had to be on all the networks. Did we have a firework display? I don't know, but I do have the one clip from Democracy Now!, which I know they talked about it. Up until the Cuban Revolution that overthrew the U.S.-backed dictator Fulgencio Batista. Not long after, the U.S. responded with sanctions to punish Cuba's revolutionary government. Well, there are no commemorations planned in Washington, but today marks the 50th anniversary of the U.S. embargo. No no commemorations? We didn't have a ticker tape parade? What? (laughs) We did. What is what is wrong with us? Did she actually say commemorations? Yeah. Government. Well, there are no commemorations planned in Washington, but today marks the 50th anniversary of the U.S. embargo against Cuba, the longest running embargo in the world. On February 7th, 1962, President John F. Kennedy formally expanded the harsh regime of commercial and financial sanctions against Cuba that have continued to the present day. The embargo has been solidly bipartisan, notably intensifying under the Helms-Burton Act of 1996, which was passed by a Republican-controlled Congress and signed into law by President Bill Clinton, a Democrat. The U.S. has targeted Cuba in defiance of widespread international condemnation. Last year marked the 20th consecutive year the U.N. General Assembly has voted to call for the embargo's repeal. The vote was 186 to 2, with the U.S. joined only by Israel in opposition. Yeah, and I think Ron Paul voted against then, too, Hey, right? wait a minute. <laughs> what? Are you, wait, wait, hold on a second. I didn't listen to this. Are you telling me that the U.N. for the last 20 years has been bringing this up and the only two people that vote against it are the U.S.? And what has Israel got to do with it? A. 
Mm. And B, I thought whatever the UN told us to do, we did. I mean, we went into this Libya thing and spent millions and billions of dollars on an, on an air cover and bombing campaign because of the UN. What am I missing here? Oh, well, it's interesting you bring that up. Um, I have uh, People who um, sponsored the last show with their donations and this show will be very pleased with the value they're going to get for their money. I have spent about three days nonstop. I'm, I'm seriously not kidding. 18 hours a day. And I think I have figured out the big picture. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the really, really big picture. And, and I, have, uh, I have a little presentation for you as well, John. I would think, yes. Yeah. But let's uh, thank uh, our donors for this episode first, and then we'll get to that. Oh, that's a great idea. Uh, you know, we should be thanking the donors right about now as I go back and click on this button just to make sure that I do have the donors here. <laughs> hey, <laughs> You know, it's like... <laughs> Are you trying to fill time? Hello, Jason. No, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was wondering, can you play the, uh, the uh, No Agenda National Anthem while I download this thing here? I'm sorry. Sure. Everybody, ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Gitmo Nation National Anthem. Okay, you can stop. You can no, stop. no, no, we're going to sing along. In the morning, Gitmo Nation, we are all charged up to be human resources and servants in all lands and all ships at sea. From the east to west, down under to the lowlands and beyond. We are happy and distracted slaves in our Gitmo Nation song. Hey, citizen. Can't interrupt the national anthem. We're like, oh, stop, that's enough. No, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> could do that. No, it doesn't work that okay, way. Okay, we played it. Okay, but we do have a lot of people to thank for today's show. Good. Uh, we got two executive producers Good. and a slew of associates, and let's start with them. Uh, Moise Khan. Yeah, Citizen Khan, and uh, he uh, is our executive producer today with... Uh, 80. 380, and he sent me a, a long note of which I will paraphrase. This is the guy who was in uh, in Pakistan and went to see Bin Laden's compound. At, oh, right, in, right. Our, 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 this is our Pakistan guy. Exactly. And he had requested some travel karma. And before I get to the travel karma story, he says, uh, this is j just a little extra note. He says he's actually Canadian, or he lives in Canada. Uh, since I've uh, returned to Canada, I've been busy and hadn't had the opportunity to review my photos. However, I want you to know I'm working on getting a photo of some Pakistani soldiers in front of bin Laden's house holding up a shutupslaves.com uh, sign. <laughs> How awesome would that be? I love the Canadians. <laughs> anyway, so they asked for some karma to get my family back into Canada a few episodes back. Um, it says uh, you uh, put it on uh, 373. Uh, you you kind of forgot to give me karma, he says, the nerve. However, turns out karma knows what's best and helped me out anyway. Um, turns out his son is on the no-fly list. His son is three years old. He has an unfortunately common name and now prompts me to and it now prompts me to change that. So uh, he was checking in. For, we were checking in for our domestic flight from Toronto to Calgary. From Toronto to Calgary. Hello, this is an internal flight. The flight attendant or whatever you call them. Had to wait on hold for about half an hour. I asked, what's the problem? She said, well, you probably get this all the time. Normally, don't have to wait on hold. Sorry about this, but you're on the no-fly list. 
And of course, he's Pakistani. In other words, they're like, hey, the guy looks like a terrorist. I better make a call. So he's on the no-fly list. And then she says, oh, actually, I'm sorry. Uh, it turns out your son is on uh, the no-fly list. So they, so they finally, they finally, uh, they finally did, get, uh, get, did get home. He says, my first day back at work was January 17th. I went like any slave would, especially after four weeks off. I received an email from a friend inviting me to come for a free lunch on January 18th. Warning, free lunch is always dangerous. And apply for a contract position at about double my current salary. I was dubious but thought I'd better attend the free lunch. My friend gave me more details about the position. I figured I have nothing to lose, so I wrote up my resume that night. Over the next week and a half, I had three interviews. My boss, also a Noah Jenna listener, gave me a raise. If the job doesn't pan out, at least I got the raise. Then I received an offer for the contract position the following Monday. So uh, he says that uh, his karma has uh, worked out more than, than sufficiently. And he's, I would think. And uh, hence his, uh, his donation of uh, $380 to the program for uh, today's show. And you will not be disappointed, my friend. Thank you so much. So uh, give him another shot at karma. See what happens. Absolutely. Yeah, indeed. Let's see what happens. Cool. <laughs> shot karma. I want to have that sign of the Pakistani soldiers oh, in front of that sign. bin Laden's that is great. You know Although, the pro- you know, people would say, ah, it's just Photoshopped. I know. I, I that, this is the real deal. That's always what the problem is. And, of course, it'll, it'll get used, and people will Photoshop their own message. Then they'll have some. Yeah, but, you know, there is a product. There's a thing. There's a secret. This co- there's a piece of code floating around that you, the public generally can't get a hold of. It's used for by law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Adobe created it. You can. Uh, I will have a copy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can run any photo through it, mm-hmm. and it and it it has got an algorithm looking for uh, uh, any sort of Anomalies? remnants of Photoshop being double. Uh, ah. Well, let's let's, it, let's run the birth certificate through that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you could look at and you, you can see this not fo- so stuff's not photoshopped. It's very important to have right. this kind of code. Right. Anyway, we also want to thank uh, Daniel Strexer, R. Daniels. Oh, I know uh, why he's donating. Why? I gave him uh, the thing I'm going to talk about later. I gave him all this. You know what he does, right? We don't have to tell everybody. Three, three, three. Uh, but I gave him uh, some. Uh, I gave him my. Th- I was testing my theories on him. I'm going to talk about in a minute. Okay, we'll talk about and that. He later. liked anyway, it so much. <laughs> he came back with it. <laughs> sure are. Oh, that's I love <laughs> with that. With no comment. Yeah, no, Erica, I know. <laughs> Eric, I'm sorry, not Erica. Eric Wilka in Russiaville, Indiana. Uh, he's associate executive producer two fourteen twelve uh, in the morning. Citizen John and Citizen Adam. There's hey, love citizen. doing. Yeah, for the best podcast in the universe, please give me a karma shot as I'm about to graduate with my master's and start living the American dream of just getting by. Also, could get a karma shot for my fellow No Agenda producer listener, Kevin Flick, for his fight against a very serious medical issue. Thank you both for your wonderful original analysis. Oh, absolutely. Here comes a nice little shot of karma for you both. You've got karma. Meanwhile, Joe the Dish Slave comes in hey. from Stockton, California, hey, 211. Joe. Uh, Joe, the disc slave here after a bit of donation hiatus. Here's a ketchup donation. Actually, he sent us money. I didn't get any ketchup. Did you? <laughs> that doubles as a birthday donation. My birthday's on 211. Would it be possible to have Adam say, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it later. <laughs> Why does he yeah. want me to say that? I don't know. I'll say it at the end because otherwise new people will be like, I can't listen to this show. We'll say, okay, okay, Joe, Joe, you have to listen to the whole show to be at the very end. That's right. All right. Because a little too much cussing. Yeah. Also mentioned in my podcast, the Ozone Nightmare would be great. And please send some karma out for my mother. 
You've got karma. So Scott Hankel in Sunland, California, comes in with 21012, which is one of the uh, requests that we had on a little mailing, which is a, uh, a, for tomorrow, which is 21012, which is an, a palindrome. Hey, that you, mailing really worked. We got like what? Uh, oh, we got three. three. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> three is better than a poking knife with a sharp stick. Hell yeah. You know, you may have something with this karma. With that being said, I would like to give my wife and myself some karma to overcome the past <laughs> few crappy weeks. Huh. Oh, oh, man. All right. Here's some relationship karma, I guess. You've yep. got karma. Yeah, you can take out the Valentine's karma and everything. Um, and El- by the way, Eric Wilka's uh, 21412 was a Valentine's Also, it's also on palindrome, by the way. Yes. You and, uh, pointed it out to me. For some reason, I... You hadn't was, seen uh, it? I couldn't see it. And then uh, do we have one more show before Valentine's Day? Yeah. We have one on uh, Sunday, right? Sunday, then Valentine's You got a special Day. credit at the top of the list, by the way. 214 Valentine donations. So uh, uh, we put that up at the top. He said, uh, Alan Cavito third in Richmond, Virginia, 21012, who says he's had enough of the slide whistle. He's paying you more <laughs> than ever before just to get you to stop with the friggin' whistle. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take a lot more than that. To make you stop is kind of a reverse thing that may not work out because all you have to do is keep blowing it, and I'll have to give you more money. Yeah, <laughs> this isn't going to work. <laughs> I love what you guys do for the country in large ways and small. He's in Virginia, so he must have something to do with something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <you laughs> Try to get some Coke Brothers money. Hey, we tried to get some Coke Brothers money. It didn't work out. No. And John, who cannot seem to pronounce many of your contributing names have amazed me twice before by correctly pronouncing my name each time. Cavito, like torpedo. All right, well, here's some karma for you right off the bat. I think you deserve that. karma. Because you're not going to get John to stop the slide whistling. Quite honestly, we were talking in the pre-show that when this show comes to its natural end or when we are both ended, uh, John at least will have a skill. (laughs) I'm getting better with it. (laughs) Yeah, you're getting really good. I actually enjoy it when you play the slide whistle. Uh, it takes a while to get the hang of it. I'm still about probably a year away from being able to play a song uh, a cappella. <laughs> from your first, your first uh, performance. <laughs> from my first Carnegie Hall. <laughs> Andrew Gardner in Avenue, Maryland, uh, 21012, uh, in the morning trying to even out the donating to avoid the feast famine effect. Couldn't resist the palindromic karma effects of 21012. Nice. Could I please get a Hey Citizen karma shot? Yeah, absolutely. Let me try it out. Hey Citizen. You've got karma. And he wants to call out the 99% non-donators as douchebags. Douchebag. Then we have uh, Christopher Scalenda, $200 without a comment. Oh, that's, uh, that's uh, uh, Chris. He's Chris. A, he helped me out with uh, my Android app. Good guy. Good to see you back, Chris. Sid Cognito in uh, Melville, New York, $200 with a little comment. I admire the amount of work you put into the show and glad to help keep it going, Thank working you. towards an eventual knighthood. I'm donating another $200. As before, please don't mention my name. Just credit me as Sid Co- Incognito. I don't need any karma, but I think you do. Please play the Huntsman Chi- Chinese clip because I think it applies to you mostly, Adam. And plug <laughs> sciencebasedmedicine.org. Hopefully that'll balance out the negative karma from some of your anti-vaccine nonsense. Okay, well, wait. I got more. I got the doozy for you coming up, my friend. I'm not anti-vaccine. 
No, it's true. He's not anti-vaccine. I'm anti-Gardasil and anti-swine flu. That's what I'm anti. Mark Morley and Twickenham, Middlesex, $200 without comment. And we want to thank them and uh, everyone else for donating to the show, especially our executive producers who came in with uh, better do- bigger donations. Uh, and I want to remind everybody, uh, everything matters. Go to Dvorak.org slash N.A., ChannelDvorak.com slash N.A., NoAgendaShow.com and NoAgendaNation.com. And hit the donate button at those two sites, and uh, we'll be uh, continuing. Dvorak.org slash N.A. Yes, and of course we have the palindrome for uh, Valentine's Day coming up. And nothing says I love you more than a donation to No Agenda. That is a fact. Um, PR, quick PR mention we've got here. Um, <laughs> this is Sir Craig comes in with a uh, a domain name. He paid, must have paid a lot of money for this. Pointing to noagendashow.com uh, from the new uh, XXX top level domain series, we Ooh. have release.xxx, which I think <laughs> is uh, nice. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know how many people are like, oh, man, I, I, I need to check out release.xx. Thank you, darling. <laughs> release. What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone else out there, of course, you do have a mission, it is to go out and propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Say it with me now, everybody. Shut up, slave. Uh, All right, you ready? Uh, We're going to go right into your uh, thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to take a while, but uh, well, how long is it going to take? I don't know. It depends. You might immediately go. And I might. Uh huh. All right, we'll start. That would be now, really I'll, unfortunate. I'll start, I'll start asking questions. Okay. Well, what is one of the the premises that we and we actually talked about this on two hundred dot five? One of the premises of our view of the world. <laughs> yeah, there you go. What? Well, what do you, you mean? You're asking me a question right off the bat. I thought you were going to start into a no, diatribe. No, it, it's a question. It's a, I need to ease I don't you know. into I'm it. I'm not going to answer this question. It's all about oil. Isn't that what we've always said? Oh, yeah. It's always about oil. Yeah, that's one of our many, uh, many models. Well, this and is... By, and to take it to a further extreme, it's about everybody else's oil. We just want to keep ours and then break the world, and then we have all this oil, and we can be the number one dog on the block. Right. So... I Which think is fine with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we were a little bit distracted by the oil per se, uh, because what I, and it, and it really took me. And again, I've been working at this eighteen hours a day for three days straight, and what I realized is it's no longer just about oil. Oil, of course, yeah, important. But what's going on? And I'll just give you a little taste. If you haven't seen it, if you haven't heard it. This is the only thing dominating the news in America today. Uh, the shattering explosions come every few minutes in the besieged Syrian city of Homs uh, residents say government troops are using rockets and heavy artillery in a bombardment that has gone on for days. As the shells fall, the slaughter mounts. Another 60 men and women and children were reported killed today, but residents say they cannot even count the dead anymore. We can't even count the dead anymore! Now, now we uh, we talked on the last show, John. We talked about you know why why is this being hyped up about Syria? What is going on? There is so much incredible hype 
that there must be something happening. Did, did you uh, pick up on anything? I mean, we've been waiting for this in the New York Times. Has anything happened with Syria? Anything new? Well, no, I mean, have, I mean, all of a sudden it seems like someone turned the on switch and pushed it towards 11 and said, we've, we've got it, Syria. We, it's all about Syria. Syria, 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 Syria. Well, I have a bunch of thoughts on this, too, with a bunch of clips. Yeah, but I'm more now interested in what you're what you think you've dug up. Okay, <laughs> you know, it's like right. I preface right. it with the word okay. unnecessary. So uh, I'm go on. all right. So I'm going to tell you that this is not about oil. This is about gas, and it only really struck me when I started to gather a couple of maps. Now, John, get your browser ready because I'm going to give you a URL. Okay, browser ready, boss. <laughs> is your browser ready? Browser's ready. Something ready. Should I be in the Google box or should I be in the uh, <laughs> URL box? URL box. <laughs> put, your, put your cursor in the URL box. All right, I'm ready. Because go. once you load this, you only have like 20 seconds and the rest of the, the listeners are going to go get it. It's going to crash the server. All right. Whoop. Ready? Yeah. Pipelines.curry.com. You got it? Pipelines.curry.com. Tell me when you have the page loaded. Page is up. Page is up. All right. So I have a picture of you when you're 10. <laughs> now scroll down a little. <laughs> yes, that's it. It's, it's his fault. Okay. First, uh, and people at home can play along with this. So I, I want to show you. Uh, these are not maps I created. These are ones I got from presentations. Don't scroll to the bottom. Just stay where you are. Okay. You with uh, me? All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the first uh, picture here shows um, the state of the gas. It says oil and gas, but it'll be about gas, and you'll find out why. So on the right here, you see all this uh, Russian region. You see bits of Iraq and Iran, and you see that's the largest oil and gas sources of the world. And the market, the largest market, is Europe, right? That's the second largest market. Of course, we have other big markets, but that is a huge oil market, right? Uh, gas market. And, of course, the natural route of transit is through Turkey, Going uh, from, uh, and a lot of this, if you go to the second one, you see these are all the pipelines. So we have the pipelines, we have the South Stream, the Blue Stream, and uh, you'll see that uh, a lot of this goes through the Ukraine, through Slovakia. Uh, they built the South Stream, which, uh, and we'll, this is interesting, which uh, goes through Greece, and then from Greece it goes to Italy. And of course, uh, uh, Europe is highly dependent upon gas for a number of reasons. And gas became very important in this past year. The reason well, gas has become also, we have to note, there's a, to back your thesis up here, the recent memes about the cold, cold, cold weather in Europe and people dropping dead is one of these things that, that makes people start to think about this. Well, there's one other reason, which I didn't actually realize, um, but Japan is in huge, it has a huge demand now for natural gas. Why? Because... Why? Because they no longer have their nuclear facility. And the next option next to nuclear when it comes to what is the cleanest, what is the cheapest, and what is the easiest to deal with is natural gas. Now, you'll recall that right after Fukushima, Germany said, oh, that's it. We're shutting down all our nuclear plants. No more nukes. Yeah. So they need more gas to generate electricity. And that's just a side note, but something to bear in mind. So First this, of all, before you continue, mm -hmm. our basic premise in two thousand two uh, show two hundred point five that it's all about it's always about the oil. It applies to gas. Mm. 
It does, but there's something else that happened that we have probably forgotten that changed the entire picture and will explain everything. All and right, go I, and on. I think it's a model we can apply to everything that's happening. Scroll down so to the, the scroll I down got to the, the name for this tile for the show already. Good. Scroll the down the big tease. <laughs> scroll down to the third map. Now this is the Arab gas pipeline. And you'll see the Arab gas pipeline starts down there at Arish, right? This is where Egyptian gas was shipped into Arish. And then the pipeline goes all the way up, passing Israel on the right-hand side. It actually bypasses Bypasses Israel, Israel, Damascus, up to Homs. Gee, where have I heard that name recently? Uh, Every 10 seconds on the news. Scroll down to the fourth map. What's interesting is the Arab gas pipeline only goes to Homs. It's not complete. Because the, the, the mission is to complete the final 230 kilometers into Turkey, known as the Arab, as the Assyrian-Turkey pipeline. So what was happening is we had natural gas being shipped in, and this is, uh, in a way, uh, in many ways, competitive to all the Russian gas. You with me? Although the, yeah, the, yeah. the Russians are in on the, everyone's in on it, particularly Europe and the Russians are also in on the Syrian-Turkey uh, pipeline. Um, so this is uh, the way that gas was flowing, and we're going to relate this back to Arab Spring in a moment. What happened on December 30th of 2010? We, I don't know. You tell me, Adam. We discussed it, but we didn't really think about what the true, and all this is in the show notes, by the way. We didn't think about the true parameters of what this meant. The Leviathan gas field was discovered. This is the largest discovery of gas in, in, in our century. And it's right, it's right off the coast of Israel, the northern coast of Israel. And it goes all the way, basically, to Cyprus. Oh, boy, isn't that interesting? So all of a sudden, the entire dynamics changed. Israel, which has always had to import their gas, and they imported it, by the way, straight from Syria through that Arab uh, pipeline, Israel now will become one of the largest suppliers of gas. Now, if all of a sudden we have this huge gas field sitting right there in the Mediterranean, and we have the biggest consumer being Europe, what is the most logical route the most logical route is to go through Cyprus straight into Greece, bypassing that entire other chart that you saw, bypassing this entire deal that you've seen with the Arab, uh, with the Arab pipeline, the Arab gas pipeline. So, and they, Cyprus is owned by the Russians. Cyprus is owned partially by the Russians. Cyprus is owned partially by Greece. Uh, Turkey is very pissed off about the whole Cyprus thing. But who yes. do we see showing up in Cyprus? We see Hillary Clinton showing up. There's a company there called Noble Energy. And Noble Energy has very tight ties to the Bush family and the Clinton family because Israel got a little bit greedy and they said, hey, you know, those laws we had in 1951 about how, you know, how, if we ever had any kind of natural uh, resources, we'd tax them really low. We're going to jack that up a little bit, if you don't mind. Just a, just a little bit, because, uh, you know, we can make some money here. 
And then Hillary Clinton immediately came out and said, hey, you know, this is no good. And then she started working on something called the Law of the Seas. Remember that? The Law of the Seas, which determines the territory of each individual country and all the rest belongs to the U.N. or some other bull crap like that. Yeah, good. Because who actually owns this? Well, Lebanon says it's theirs. Uh, or at least part of it, Israel's like, no, 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 this is the promised land, man. This is what Moses brought us here for. This is ours. Cyprus is saying, you know what? Uh, I think maybe it's ours, but we've got noble energy here, the Houston-based company. Uh, We'll work with you. No problem. We'll, uh, We'll be your buddies. And we've seen a whole lot of really interesting things happen between Israel and uh, Cyprus, but also Greece. Homs, of course, is really important because you want two things to happen. Gas is not a, is very cheap right now. So we, we can't just say, oh. It's depressed, actually. Right. We can't just say, oh, here's all this gas, you know, because it won't even be worth it to export it. But if we can create some kind of scarcity, i.e., let's blow up some pipelines, right? And what happens in homes? The pipelines, it's getting blown up continuously. Oop, blown up. Now, three months after this discovery, three months, the Arab Spring starts. I'll remind you that Egypt was exporting their gas into the Arab, the, uh, the Arab pipeline, which bypasses Israel. Not only do we see the entire regime and the whole country destabilized, but their pipeline was blown up four times during that time. Four times. Libya. Hmm. Libya was exporting their natural gas to Italy straight into Europe. That stopped. When all of a sudden we had the Arab Spring and uh, and the Libyan no-fly zone, stopped. Done. No more natural gas was exported. They're trying to restart that, but they're not going to. Tunisia. Tunisia delivers natural gas to Italy via Algeria. So this has always been about the gas. Now let's check in on some of the elites and what they're doing. This is where it gets really, really crazy. Um, I have a clip here. This is the, um, uh, the new minister of energy for Greece. <laughs> it's, it, it, just, it, gets, it just gets too funny. And he used to be the economic minister for Greece. And he was actually the ministry of the economy up until the crisis. And then all of a sudden he switched roles and he became the minister of gas. And why, you'll figure out in a second. So he goes to Jerusalem because the, Greek, the, Greece, the Greeks, of course, they want to have this deal. They, they want to have this gas coming in from, from this huge Israeli field to sell to Europe and basically shut everybody else out. So he goes to Israel and he does an interview with the Jerusalem Post. But the interviewer is like a 13-year-old girl. So he, he's really cavalier. You know, like he'll just, he'll, he's just laying it all out there. And the things he says are outrageously amazing. Here's a question one about exporting gas from Israel to uh, Greece and then from Greece to Europe. Only, only a few weeks following the formation of a Greek unity government, Environment, Energy and Climate Change Minister George Constantino is the first Greek official to visit Israel as a representative of the new coalition. 
Greece considering importing Israeli natural gas? There is at the moment a big discussions on how to bring to Europe gas from a number of areas outside Europe and diversify sources. Uh, the negotiations, for example, on bringing gas from the Caspian Sea are now going to come to a conclusion. We are trying to make Greece the hub for gas uh, transit to uh, northern European countries, either via Italy or through the Balkans. And uh, in that context, the discussions with Israel are ongoing on uh, the possibility to bring in also uh, Israeli gas. And these have been discussed at a high level in the past between the two prime ministers uh, and uh, at the senior government level. So this new prime minister in Greece is very interesting. Uh, the old guy, Papandreou, he actually was trying to do a deal with the Russians for the, um, let me get the name of it here, uh, the pipeline, uh, here it is, uh, the Burgas Alexandropopoulos, which would come from the Russians through Bulgaria into Greece. So this is why he had to go, because they, it's like, wait a minute, we've got all this Israeli oil, we don't want that stupid pipeline that's way too long, we can ship it right through Cyprus, we own half of that anyway, we can still work with the Russians, we can still put a deal together, but we're going to be the guys. So they bring in the new prime minister, uh, and this prime, this prime minister is all over that. The new Greek prime minister, as of November 11th, Lucas Papadimos, last week told Netanyahu that they're interested in strengthening relations with Israel. What do you think he meant by this exactly? I, I have learned in politics to never interpret uh, what the prime minister says. However, uh, for the last uh, few years, uh, starting with um, the previous government, George Papandreou's government, uh, there's been clearly a new page opened in the relationship between the two countries. Uh, and uh, I think um, there have been many instances. Uh, there's been the visit, uh, of course, uh, that has happened to Greece. And uh, a clear desire on both sides to uh, move closer on a number of issues, uh, political, economic, uh, etc. So uh, Prime Minister Papademos is simply uh, pushing that further uh, and he spoke with uh, Prime Minister Netan Netanyahu a few days to reaffirm our willingness to keep a cooperation uh, that is mutually beneficial. Yeah, mutually beneficial. So co all code words for hell yeah, we're doing a deal with those guys. Are you kidding me? This is going to be great for us. One reminder once again about this guy, this Greek energy minister. Constantino also served as the Greek finance minister until summer of this year and he talked about some of the causes of the economic issues facing Greece. So he was a part of the collapse of Greece, and I believe that he was a true shill. Because what has been happening with Greece as they're trying to figure out their deals, it's not, I, this is where I made the mistake. I thought, you know, it's, it's really, it's all about the uh, austerity measures. No, 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 no. It's also about the privatization. The private, remember we're talking about Greece selling everything off. So what is going to be privatized? Well, obviously, this uh, transit of, uh, of, of, of natural gas is part of this privatization deal. So you don't have the government soaking up this what's going to be a bonanza and then passing it out to the public. Right. So they're privatizing the airports. They're also privatizing the port in general. 
But they're also going to, I actually have the list here, uh, concession of the ports and airports, uh, Athens International, sale in the stake of the Public Gas Corporation. Ah, there it is. Uh Uh-huh. Also, sale of the banks. Now, the gas corporation, the electrical corporation, is DEPA, D-E-P-A. The CEO of DEPA is a certain Mr. Harry Sakchinis. (laughs) This just gets crazier. He was uh, also... Group Vice President of Standards and Poor's. So I think what's going on right before our very eyes is they're, they're trying to delay as much as possible uh, the Greek bailout because it's not about the deals with the pensions. It's all about the sale of the, of the state assets. This is exactly what happened in Russia, by the way. This is how yeah, you get the Russia oligarchs. Russia sold off all their really great assets to these oligarchs. Who now are billionaires overnight, mm-hmm. largely because of this, uh, essentially taking what was in the public trust, mm-hmm. and instead of sharing it. I mean, we've seen evidence of many stories we've talked about over the years about you know, you know, where some some government like Ecuador, for example, wants to take their oil reserves and not give all the money to Standard Oil or Texaco. But to pass it to the public, right? The way they they kind of do in Kuwait and in, in the parts of the Middle East, they share the wealth with the public at large. I mean, California, for example, if we did that here, we'd all be rich. So yeah, so this is a they they actually I have the some of the articles speak of the new energy order and Israel is lit, and you know and we use this for jet fuel and by the way wherever there's gas there's usually oil. And this thing, it is, if you look at the Leviathan field, it is literally the mother load. Who was the first uh, company? Now, remember, Noble Energy is key here. Noble Energy, um, a lot of ties to the, to the it's, they're from Houston. So a lot of ties to Bush, but also to Clinton. Uh, who was the first company to uh, get the offshore drilling contracts when uh, President Obama opened up the Gulf Coast? Noble Energy. They're the first ones. They're all in line. Clinton uh, was, you know, has been pressing Turkish officials to back off from threats to send warships to waters around Cyprus in a dispute over the energy deposits. Um, she is completely protecting Cyprus, and this is not necessarily country against country. This is corporate warfare between different gas and oil companies, depending on who they're affiliated with, being fought. With real guns against real people. So this whole Syria thing is not necessarily Russia who are trying to protect them, but it's factions within Russia who are most likely working with the site with this with the Russian Cyprus uh, faction who are working with the Clintons and the Bushes on noble energy who really just want to make sure that there's enough demand. So let's ratchet down the uh, the gas to Europe. And we've already seen that uh, uh, 30 percent less gas is being transported um, uh, from uh, from uh, what is the uh, the big Russian company. I have it here uh, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Uh, you know, they oh, it's too cold here. We can't send you enough. We have pipelines being blown up continuously. Well, who's doing the blowing up of the pipelines and why? Simple. Because they need, it's, it's a very short pipeline they've got to build if, between this, uh, basically between Cyprus and Greece, because they're not going to, it doesn't have to go from Israel. It's Cyprus to Greece. And Israel is, is now building, um, uh, 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 
uh, military facilities in uh, in Cyprus. Uh, here we go. I have, well, it's it's all in the show notes at uh, 381.nashownotes.com. And this destabilizing of Syria is probably, and that you know, now I'm just going into hypothesis mode, is probably our promise, and probably Clinton's, uh, Hillary Lucifer's promise, like, hey, don't worry about it, Israel. We're going to hook you up because we're all in on the back end of this. We're going to make sure that that gas is not flowing from Homs up to Turkey. We're not going to have that happen. So this whole thing, everything, right back to the Arab Spring, this all started after this huge discovery of this gas, of this Leviathan, great name, by the way, Leviathan gas field <laughs> Leviathan. In, uh, in Israel. And you can apply this to everything. Who's next on the list? Italy. And who do they put in there? Another shield. Goldman Sachs is in on this, by the way. They, you know, and it's like, I think it's a club of maybe of a couple hundred people. And they're all in, they are completely in with the contracts. They know who's getting what. And they do not give a crap about people. But they are pushing this theater into, oh, well, yeah, we're not going to invade Syria. There's no way. The Russians are going to take care of what they got to take care of. And it's probably the competing Russians who are working in Cyprus who also don't want to see this uh, pipeline completed from Syria to Turkey. It becomes so incredibly clear you can almost relate anything we're seeing in the news back to this one thing, right down to Romney and Santorum and Gingrich, who are all sucking off Israel. They know. They know where the money is at. They know it. Why is Israel so important? Well, now it actually is. It is important because it's, it's trillions of dollars, perhaps. And they don't give a crap. They will kill anyone. Well, for that kind of money, you would, too. So, um, so there's this guy, Patrick Seal, who wrote a bunch of books about the Middle East, and he's an expert out of England. And he seemed to have a grip on this whole thing. And he th- saw this the action in Syria as pretty much, although he never talks about this, this field or the oil, uh, gas, and oil uh, aspect he does have most of the players down, and he does see it as a battle between the United States and Israel. and uh, On the same team, obviously. On the same team against the Russians and the Chiners. Yes. On the opposite oh, yes. Team, oh, yes. I left the Chiners out. No, no, the Chiners. And, of course. No, the Chiners. But I want to play, as a break here, mm-hmm. I want to play two clips from this guy. One of, both of them are a little long, but they're very interesting. And, and it turns out that it's very easy to do what's, what you're describing, in other words, blowing up these pipelines, because the Muslim Brotherhood in Syria, which is another reason we can't get involved in this thing, because they're going to end up taking over the place if, this, if the civil war continues, and then we'd get blamed. Uh, now we already let the Muslim Brotherhood pretty much take over Egypt, by and we want and we want them to, John, because they're just going to muck it all up as long as it slows down the gas. Right. So anyway, so they so they've got a built-in situation, and he explains the geopolitical part. This is called the Syria on uh, or Sur, is it Cyril? Cyril. Seal. It's actually his name oh, Seal. S e a l e. Seal on the Middle Eastern security, and he kind of discusses the uh, the player so we have an overview and by the way when you listen to this it's obvious that this is nothing we should get involved with and if you watch these idiotic presentations and by the way the, there's one other element you've got to bring into this with this this thesis the british 
and British Petroleum and the MI6, who seem to be stirring up the pot on a lot of these things. And I would like to hear your take on that. Okay. But let's play this guy's take on what, what, you know, what factions are at work uh, playing in that area. Disputes going on in the opposition. Some say we must cooperate with the Muslim Brothers. Others say no. Some say we must seek external intervention. Others say no. Some say we need a dialogue. I believe. Isn't the, what, are you playing the right one? Are you playing seal on Middle East security, or are you playing what's really going on in Syria? Yes, um, seal on Middle East security is the one I'm playing. Huh, okay. Well, then I go on. Play. You want me to play the other one? No. Oh wait, yeah, play the other one first. I'm sorry, that's the summary. The well, last what's one. really going on in Syria? That's the one. Yeah, you play want that. Play? Sorry. You see, I think to understand what's happening, one has to see this as a concerted attack, assault on not only Syria but Iran as well. You see, uh, Iran, Syria, and their ally Hezbollah in Lebanon. That trio a sort of Tehran-Damascus-Hezbollah axis, has in recent years been the main obstacle to American and Israeli hegemony in the Middle East. And the attempt now is to bring that axis down. Of course, they're fighting back with, with, uh, with their allies, with their friends, like precisely like Russia and China. So that's what we're seeing on that level. Internally in Syria, is a completely different struggle. Now, you see, the, the main element in the opposition, the main, the most powerful element in the Syrian National Council is the, Muslim, is the Muslim Brotherhood. Now, we, just the other day, they celebrated the 30 year anniversary of the assault on Hama by Hafez Lassad, the, the, the father of the present uh, president. And in that struggle, uh, at least 10,000 people were killed in the city of Hama. Now, we have to understand the background of that. Hama in 1982 was the climax of a terrorist campaign by the Muslim Brothers, which began in the late 70s to overthrow the Assad regime at that time. And uh, they seized control, the insurgents seized control of Hama, uh, butchered Ba'ath Party uh, members and officials, and it was only at that stage that the regime moved in and crushed that ins insurgency and killed a lot of, uh, of people, a lot of innocent people. Now, the specter of what happened then, 30 years ago, hangs over the present situation. And the Muslim Brothers, they've been outlawed for the last 30 years. They've suffered all sorts of problems at the hands of the regime. And they are thirsting for revenge. So that's why I'm saying it's, it's kill or be killed. The present government feels that these are armed insurgents. And the mistake of the opposition was, in fact, to resort to, to arms. Okay. Who is this so guy? The, Who is this guy again? What, where is he? Where is he from? What does he do? He's from Britain. He's a book writer. He's got a bunch of books on the Middle East. I think he's a security expert. Mm -hmm. And it seems as if that it didn't take much more than for somebody, I can't imagine who, to arm the Muslim Brotherhood. And, of course, we couldn't ever take credit for doing that because this is a group that really doesn't like us either. And just let all hell break loose right in that one area, like you said, where the uh, pipeline Homes. ends. And now they can't – the pipeline is stuck there exactly. while they're trying to deal with this crap. And then, of course, the reporting on this is just dreadful. I was watching uh, Anderson Pooper. I have a thing if you want to listen to this guy. Yeah, I do. He's I got do. some guy named Daniel. Oh, yeah. There's no Danny, reporting oh, Danny. on this. It's Danny. It's Danny, Danny on Skype. Danny on Skype. Now, I've seen this. This is, this is fantastic. Hold this on. is what? a fraud. Hold on a second. Where, which clip is it? Which clip is it? It says, should say Anderson Cooper somewhere. No, I don't see any Anderson. That's weird. 
I did. 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 O'Reilly nonsense writer, Maldives, Prexy, idiotic comment, guns in school. Uh. Did you forget to send it? Oh, that's too bad. That's a bus. I do have it. Oh, no, it is right. The second from the top. Bogus serial report by Anderson Anderson Cooper. Now, this this Pooper guy, uh, I mean, this Danny guy, I saw him this morning on with the uh, with the morning girl. Before I play it, I want to set this up. He's with, calling in regular reports. <laughs> this idiot is calling in. Re- yeah. And yeah, by the way, there's a clip of him talking about some dead kid. And it's like. It's but you never see the picture. You see the same picture of a guy with his with his with his heel bleeding. He makes a mistake. Oh, in uh, this in this. Danny, yeah, he, if you hear, it's very hard to hear him, because, but he says, where, where, where's the U.S. when we need them? But he meant U.N. UN. Ah. So he says, where's the U.S., uh, where's the U.N. when we need him? It's a very interesting flub. But I'm sorry. But wait, a couple other things. I want to point out to people that in any armed conflict ever, there's always reporters who sneak behind the lines and give us at least written reports that are highly accurate. None. There's nothing coming None. out of this area. Not a single thing. Late word tonight on the slaughter that Bashar al-Assad and his security forces have unleashed in Syria. U.N. Security General... Uh- uh, by the way, just listen to the setup. Oh, th- this is pathetic. This and is I- pathetic did- reporting. He, there's no proof of anything going on. I mean, we do see some bombs going off here and there. But, it, but you can't just report like this if you don't know for sure. I have, uh, I have some great clips that fit into this. We'll continue. Uh, ban Ki-moon calling the regime's assault on Homs a sign of worse to come. After four straight days of bombing and shelling, it's frankly hard to see how things could get worse. By the way, you only see two explosions and smoke in every single video. It's the same right, one, the one over and over again. one video that shows the explosion, first they have the camera pointed at where the rocket comes from, and then they follow it right to the point as if it was staged. <laughs> well, yes. Did you notice the way yes. that was shot? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, dude, we've got so much to talk about. Worse than this. Incoming artillery rocket fire in several cities. That's not incoming, by the way. ...neighborhoods, especially Baba Amr, where this video was taken today. More than five dozen people killed. Reports that field hospitals and medical professionals are being targeted, along with the wounded. Now, the killing, the atrocities unfolding, despite al-Assad's commitment, or stated commitment, to ending the violence. He made that promise to Russia's visiting foreign minister only yesterday. He's made that promise before, of course, and that promise has always been broken. By this morning, his sincerity could be measured in dead men, dead women, and dead children. Which we have not seen any proof of. The activist and opposition member known as Danny has been risking his life daily, bearing witness to all of this, posting videos on YouTube. He filed this dispatch just after today's shelling began. Now, before we show it to you, I want to warn you. Graphic. It's not especially graphic. It certainly is horrible. It's uh, also the sad and simple. Graphic. Not, not graphic. It's just horrible. Listen to me, slave. It's horrible. You will think it's horrible. Reality in homes right now. trying all day with no success to reconnect with Danny. We thought we had him several times. Communications are extremely difficult. The streets are deadly. Just before airtime, we managed to get in touch with another activist named Abu uh, Abdo, who had just witnessed a friend die. So um, I, I got to say a couple things here. 
So um, for anyone in that region to say, we're, we, where's because I've seen more video of this guy, who, by the way, is getting the two-book deal out of it, I hear. He's going to do great. And he's saying, yeah, we need the U.N., we need the U.N. Did you know that Barbara Walters sat down with Assad and had an interview with him, a 45-minute interview? Somehow we missed this. I, I don't understand. But it wasn't recently. It was December. That's, well, was that's, it? You sure? Yeah, yeah, December. I thought it was a couple years ago. No, it's December. It's December. Well, I did see it. I saw the interview. And uh, you want to hear what, he, what, what Assad thinks about the U.N.? <laughs> Yeah, I, I just last agree. week, an independent United Nations commission who interviewed more than 225 people issued a report. What it said was that your government committed crimes against humanity. Hmm. And they went on torture, rape and other forms of sexual violence against protesters, including against children. Hmm. What do you say to them? I mean, what I'm saying again and again is hmm. that protesters were... Hmm. Uh, were beaten. Things happened to them. Um, do you acknowledge that? Do you acknowledge what the UN said? Very simply, I would say send us the documents and the concrete evidences that you have and we'll see if that's true or not. You have a lot of allegations now. Did the UN not send you these documents? Nothing at all. You mean the first you they, they don't have even the names. And this is true. I've read the UN documents, and just like Libya, they have no one. In Libya, it was like, oh, all these people getting raped, and they had one woman who later said, ah, I don't want to talk yeah, anymore. Yeah, let's not forget the Viagra bull crap. Yeah, exactly. Who are the rape people, or who are the, the tortured people? Who are they? We don't have any name. They didn't. But we, they've issued... Sorry. Mr. Mr. President, they have issued this yeah. report. They have accused you... It must be true! You and your regime. According to what? Well, according to what they said... Is, 225 people, witnesses, um, men, women, children. That is a lie because they have no names and witnesses in the report. I've read the report. Whom they interviewed and identified. And that's when they called it crimes against humanity. We are government. We have government. We have institutions. They should send us the documents. Uh, as long as we don't see the documents and the evidences, we cannot say yes. That's normal. We cannot say just because the United Nations. Who said that the United Nations is a credible institution? <laughs> Who says that the United Nations? We, 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 we know that you have the double standard in the world, in the United States policy, in the United Nations that's controlled by the United States and the West. So it has no credibility. So it's about evidences and documents. Whenever they have, we can discuss it. Just to discuss a report that we don't see any reality related to it. Just a waste of time. You do not think that the United Nations is a credible organization? No, for one reason. They haven't implemented, uh, they never implemented any of the resolution that related to the Arab world, for example, to the Palestinians, to the Syrian land. Why don't they? If they talk about human rights, what about the Palestinians suffering in the occupied territory? What about my land and my people that left their land because it's occupied by Israel? Of course not. You have for every citizen, it's not for me as president. I'm telling you about the, the perception in the, in the whole uh, region. You do, you do not think the United Nations is credible? No, no. never. It's not something before my generation. Uh -huh. It's something we inherited as a concept, as belief. You have an ambassador to yeah. the United Nations. Yeah, it's a game we play. <laughs> you believe it. Yeah, it's a little game we play. <laughs> so... Well, which is a fact, and of course yeah. we just mentioned earlier in the show about the the, the United Nations voting, you know, a million to two uh, to get the yeah. U.S. to stop their embargo in, in Cuba. And I said, we just tell them to shove it. So Assad, although 
Um, I do believe what he's saying. You know, this is the terrorist acts taking place. Well, uh, and the, the, the expert from London says it's just it's the Muslim Brotherhood uh, uh, trying to uh, do their do their job. They're, on this and they're doing their job. They're doing their job. They have to blow up the pipelines. However, yeah, well, they're doing a good job. Th- th- so even though Assad is telling the truth here, he's a player. Uh, he's a player in the game, and he lets it slip in this clip. So. What's the biggest misconception? Why is there this misconception in U.S. saying the country is stable, we have some factions? What's the misconception? First of all, who is the most, most of the world? Most of the West, you mean? Not just the West, Turkey. Not, not most of well, the West. Well, Turkey, Jordan, Turkey is not most the, of the members, world. that's not the West, the members of the Arab League, they are saying to you they are imposing sanctions. Some of them are telling you to step down. These are your neighbors. There's agenda for those countries. It's not. It's a political game. It's not because they don't care about the killing. They don't care about democracy. Most of these countries, they have agenda. I'm not going to talk about it now. I'm not going to talk about their agenda. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about the agenda because he's in on the game. Yeah, but, obviously. But again, this is not just about countries. This is, and so this will relate back to your question about uh, the British and the MI6. You can't see it just as the British and MI6. It's the corporations. BP has their has their own agenda. Uh, ExxonMobil has their own agenda. Shell has their own agenda. So whoever has the right people in the right place, this is corporate. The 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 yeah, government. Chevron and Unical are also, yeah. also players, and also uh, Gazprom, whoever it is out of Russia. So so uh, obviously. Well, wait, wait, before you go on with mm-hmm. this, I've, yeah, I've, I want to throw another just another wrench into the works. Okay. So while there's a bunch of this propagandizing going around, especially on the, you know, the news shows about this Syria action, and you see pictures of Hillary in the U.N., who, by the way, she does not look good. No, no. Uh, all of a sudden, out of the blue, comes Brzezinski. <laughs> Your buddy. My pal. <laughs> yeah. Just listen. Is that the is that the cue? Well, here? I mean, I just I don't re- I didn't know what to make of these two clips that I picked. I mean, he essentially, he always keeps going back to to world governance, which uh, again is code for uh, let uh, you know let we want to get in on this action too. Uh huh. You know, so the elites because what you're describing is a huge tri- multi trillion dollar money making scheme. Yes, which is would make sense that people would want to get in on it. But he's trying to he's making a- a- assertions and. Uh, uh, other commentary that uh, I think it just doesn't sound right, but in the in the meta view that you're giving us, it actually makes a little sense. And I don't know which one of these to play first, but play lost it first. Collectively, address the problems that the world faces. One of those is to is to I think in your in your term expand the West to include places like Russia and Turkey. Absolutely. I think that it's in the vital interests of the West to do so. And I think drawing in Turkey, drawing in Russia, would greatly increase the vitality of the West. And after all, the Turks, in the course of the last hundred years, have demonstrated a determination to be modern, secular, and democratic. So they're really part of our value system. 
In Russia today, we see for the first time the emergence of something we can call a civic society. Okay, so what's happening is he's, and we're going to put names to these eventually. We will and be able the to way, figure it out. by the way, he is on that side of the equation. Yes, oh yeah, no, we're, we're going to be able to figure it out because what he's saying is Russia, Turkey, Europe. That's the way it should go. And, and I'm just going to relate that to the pipelines because there is the South Stream, there's the Blue Stream, there's all these pipelines that run through Turkey. So he wants... Turkey, 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 Turkey. How many times has Hillary Clinton been to Turkey? She's been trying that too. But now, and by the way, let me give you something on this meme he just said. He said that it's a modern, secular, yes, democratic. Yeah. For the last hundred years, they have been fighting this. The public in Turkey are fighting, fighting this. They, and he says they share our value system. They are a hundred percent Muslim society that would love to go Sharia. They don't share any. That's bull crap. Yeah, the elites do. But this is not, this is a only. I was thinking when I first saw this, before I'm starting to think about this other thesis, was that, what is he, this guy, has he not been to Turkey recently? Has he not been to the Istanbul airport? I mean, it's just short of having goats in it. I mean, it is, it, 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 all the women are covered up, and it's just very extreme. You'd think that you're in, uh, well, you know, Saudi well, there, Arabia. There, there are a lot of uh, places in Turkey where, you know, uh, the the burkas come off and the girls go crazy. I mean, there is some Well, crazy. actually, in Istanbul, the party yes, section Istanbul. there is beyond compare. Yeah, I have yeah. to say, they know how to party in Turkey. Yeah, I'm not do. saying that's not true. They do. But that can end at the drop of a hat with one new government. And I'm. I just don't see that. What what he's seeing. Well, I, Turkey I is obvious. Opposite. Well, Turkey is obviously against the whole Israeli thing. In fact, Turkey. It have to be. Yeah, I mean, they're saying, "Hey, Cyprus, you know, we that's our territory. You can't have that." You know, they've had this been. This is the whole history of Cyprus and Turkey. But again, just and and if you haven't seen it yet, please go to pipelines.curry.com. You'll see where all of this is is headed and the shortest route from all this wonderful resource uh, replacing nuclear energy going right into Europe. Something very interesting happened, though, during the uh, a recent Spokeshole Carney uh, press event. So he is delivering the message. Before he gets asked a question by Jake, I like Jake because he's kind of compromised, but he always comes up with a great question. And... Uh, and so he's saying, look, we don't really have any official reports on what's happening in Syria. Uh, you know, so what is really Do you guys have anyone there? Do you really know what's happening in Syria? Which is kind of like a softball for Spokeshole Carney to lob it in and tell you how horrible and the crimes against humanity. And then something very funny happens. But first, the set up with Jake in the Spokeshole. And, and just to follow up on the Syria question earlier from Nora, did um, there have been reports uh, that because of all that's going on and I, I think it's homes um the uh i think it's homes <laughs> really dude you think so there was a hospital that lost power uh, and a number of premature babies died. there we go there's the premature babies again incubators we're back we got it as a result i don't uh know if that's a true story or not obviously in situations like this there are a lot of rumors um does the white house by the way rumors in the general media have now been replaced by bloggers bloggers and youtubers this is this is the big trick in the media so instead of saying we heard rumors no we have a blogger there or a, a youtuber this is very important for media assassination know anything about the extent of the violence factually what's going on factually I assume we have people on the ground there to a degree or another are we monitoring exactly what has happened well i can say that we have all here seen the reporting and some of the horrific no there's no reporting we see youtube videos horrific 
video. There's no reporting. Of, Absolutely. No. The, of the escalation of violence that's taking place in Syria um, over the last few days. And it's res- clearly resulted in the deaths of hundreds of civilians. Clearly. Clearly resulted in the deaths of hundreds of Clearly. Um, and been uh, accompanied by troubling statements from senior regime officials who have pledged, quote, to cleanse the country of renegades and outlaws. Oh, cleanse! There you go. Nice little genocide meme. Throw it in yeah. there. Pour it on, Carney. Um, that is hardly reassuring and only uh, reinforces the fact that the Assad regime Back. is engaged in a brutal campaign to slaughter its own people. That's ex- it, uh, that's ex- he's, he's, he's Hitler! It's a fact. He's just engaged to slaughter, slaughter like cattle. Uh, a people that has, uh, this process began when, when the Syrian people peacefully demonstrated in support of, a, of reform and transition to democracy. Bullcrap. So I, you know, I, I don't have any details to impart to you on the kinds of information we might have with regards to what's happening in Syria beyond uh, the news reports, but the news reports are bad. <clears throat> Bullshit. The news reports are bad enough. Then something really funny happens. There's a Russian reporter. I, I don't know how he got in, but Carney is not loving this guy. <laughs> and the Russian reporter is calling bullcrap on Carney from the beginning, and he winds up finally asking his question, which Carney just completely ignores. But it's a, I don't know, something wrong happened something went horribly wrong and this guy snuck into the white house press corps he's alex alex from russia press that'll be the and, last time you'll see him by the oh way oh yeah no this guy this guy he's dead now already he does i don't think the guy lives believes they were the right decisions andre andre that's his name uh come back to syria please mm-hmm. uh, of course the russians and probably the chinese too uh say that they are not supporting the syrian regime what they are supporting is the international legal regime, the international legal norms that exist in relations between states. They do not want anyone, including uh, the United States, to pick a regime they don't like uh, inside uh, rebelling against that regime. Trying to, you understand what I'm talking about. So it may be hard to hear. What he's saying is, you know, the reason the Russians didn't want to join in on the veto is because they follow international law, which is like, don't meddle with uh, another country. Of course, it's bullcrap, but don't meddle with an, uh, another country's business. Just stay out. You know what I'm saying, spokes all Carney, right? Basically, what you uh, just presented to us was a rhetorical, political, even economic aggression against that regime. My question is very simple. What, uh, what are the specific legal grounds on which you do this? Very good question. What are the specific legal grounds on which you can go and uh, place sanctions and try and threaten uh, an entire country like Syria? What are the legal grounds? I would refer you to uh, the United Nations, to our uh, mission there, but I, and the, to the State Department. What no, the president is saying this, dude. You're supposed to say it. What you saw and what you see today is a broad international consensus against the behavior of the Assad regime, the brutal... Brutal killing of the Syrian people. Uh, we think that's wrong, and uh-huh. we uh, agree with uh, many of our uh, partners and allies around the world uh, and in the region when we say that. The uh, I think again the, the 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 images that we've seen just this weekend. Dem- He's struggling now. He's like, oh man, how'd this guy get in? Uh, let me get back to the images. Demonstrate that the kind of behavior being carried out by the Syrian 
forces under the control of the Assad regime is is uh, vile and unacceptable. Uh, so that is why we supported the United Nations Security Council resolution, and it's why we'll continue to work with our allies and partners to further isolate and pressure uh, the Assad regime uh, to allow the Syrian people the opportunity to choose their own future. <sighs> That's the approach we take. Okay, Andre's not done. Uh, if I may, uh, one additional question. I actually wanted to ask you, uh, to remind you that lynching, lynching is he says lynching illegal in the United States. <laughs> you need to have a court of law. But uh, I will not ask about that. I will ask you about. Can you tell me, Andre? I feel like it might be 1982, and yeah. it's. Uh, I don't know. Uh, lynching is illegal. Uh, many, many like-minded people uh, form a posse, uh, hunt somebody down. Andre, do you have a question? <laughs> I have a question. The question is, uh, uh, can you assure me that we are not working uh, inside Syria through your uh, special uh, forces, whatever it is, the working military? So he's saying, can you assure me <clears throat> that there are no special forces from the United States working inside Syria to stir up this crap and blow up the pipelines? Can you assure me that? That's the question. Well, I'm sorry, what's the question? Are we... <laughs> Is the United? So can you tell me that the United States is not, is not taking any military steps to? I think we made very clear that we uh, are pursuing uh, a political and diplomatic course with regards to Syria, uh, and we will continue to do so. Wow. Uh, so he doesn't answer the question. No, he actually he did answer it by not answering. He couldn't say no. <laughs> because that would be a big fat lie because we're there. We're part of this. We have promised Israel to do this. We have promised. By that's the way, why they voted for, that's why they made this idiotic vote when they have no concerns about Cuba to vote with us on that stupid, <laughs> stupid resolution. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, Israel, we vote no. And Iran, by the way, ships gas uh, to Turkey as well. Well, this is an interesting. Let's go back again, back to Searle, or not Searle, but Seeley, mm-hmm. and uh, and the summary that I that you started to play because this is kind of interesting because it's quite likely uh, when this is over, I will explain or you can figure it out. But it's quite likely that all this action about Iran has something to do with this. Now, is this the uh, Middle East security or the what's really going on in Syria? The no. one, that, the Middle East security summary. Yes, because okay, you played right. the other one. And uh, because it's possible that we're kind of missing the point of Iran, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I think this but is... But listen to this. Listen yeah, to this okay. theory right, this guy right, has. Good. Disputes going on in the opposition. Some say we must cooperate with the Muslim Brothers. Others say no. Some say we must seek external intervention. Others say no. Some say we need a dialogue. I believe dialogue is the only way out of this. And indeed, the Russians have suggested to both sides to come to Moscow and start a dialogue. But the opposition says no. We can't dialogue with with Bashar al-Assad. He must be toppled first. Well, that's a dangerous a dangerous position to adopt. Now, Saudi Arabia is the the Arab world's heavyweight. It is the great financial powerhouse. Uh, it doesn't particularly like Iran. It thinks sees Iran as a regional competitor. It's frightened of Shia uh, power. The fact that Shias have come to power in Iraq as well. Uh, and so it would rather like to contain 
Iran. However, there are some Saudis, some senior Saudis, who understand that Saudi Arabia and Iran are really partners. They, they, they share a yes. responsibility for the security of the Gulf region, and yes. they should start a security dialogue. That's what they need to do, rather than being dragged in to this quarrel between the United States and Israel on the one hand, and Russia and China on the other. Yes, the new energy order has made the Iranians and the Saudis uh, natural allies. Now everyone is, has, is against Israel because Israel's got the mother load. And these guys are sitting like, wait a minute, we're here in the freaking sand. And these guys are going to be sitting in the catbird seat. They're exporting everything. We got to like work together here. And the way to keep that from happening is to keep saber-rattling, claiming they got nukes, because it's been said in many, we've seen a couple of these uh, security uh, uh, sessions on C-SPAN where they talk about, uh, you know, the, the real problem, even though we now assume because all the security uh, agencies claim or say, all of them, say that Iran's not, or, uh, uh, Iran's not working on any sort of nuke. No. But you want to make it seem so because it frightens Saudi Arabia because if, if Iran actually got a nuke, every other country would have to get one because they're afraid these guys are nuts because of this Shiite thing. But the f- fact, as this guy expressed, is those two countries, it, maybe what's it, this is just to keep them from ever getting together by, by right. scaring everybody with this bull crap. Exactly. Oh, the, you know, Israel's going to bomb them. Oh, we're going to go in. Bomb, 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 bomb. And all of our candidates, except for Ron Paul, who seems to be the only one that would just love to just back out of this. Deal. <laughs> yeah. They're He's all, the only all... one that's, that's honest about these other guys are just full of it. Well, they probably got back end deals, dude. Do you know? I mean, if oh, you, yeah. if you, yeah, if yeah. you look what am at I thinking, hello, yeah. hello, no, Can't Ron Paul, 76, he's set for life. He doesn't care. Noble energy. Noble energy is the one to look out for. By the way, in Iran, we have, you know, we've had all kinds of things happening, little uh, terrorist attacks, little explosions. I'm reading from a report August 12th last year. An explosion Friday at a gas pipeline that runs from Iran to Turkey has disrupted gas exports. The explosion occurred early in the morning as part of the pipeline that is Turkish territory near the border with Iran. This is happening on a on a con- increasing level. And we can apply the whole, I'm thinking now, John, seriously. Yes, Europe is in trouble. Absolutely. But when you put together, and by the way, this is what tipped me off with, uh, with one of our buddies. He, he sent me a note and said, I can't believe it, but Standards and Poor is thinking of upgrading Greece. This is a rumor that's out there. They're thinking, and this was on Bloomberg, that they want to upgrade Greece. But when you understand that the CEO and president of the, if it isn't already 100% privatized, the soon-to-be completely privatized uh, DEPA, the Greek energy company, which will handle all of this gas, which they'll ship off to, uh, to Europe, used to work at Standards & Poor. This is, it's, it's a, the whole thing is an inside game. And who was it that actually screwed up Greece? Goldman Sachs. So Goldman Sachs puts in a Goldman guy. He's right at the head. The minute this guy's in, oh, all of a sudden, Greece and Israel, they're visiting each other. We're hanging out. Yeah, we're having discussions. Italy, Goldman guy. Why? Because it has to go from Greece to Italy to Europe. They're comp- it's, these are warring corporations. Corporations, I tell you. Not countries. Corporations. It's crazy. 
We just have to figure out which ones so we can invest in them and and ride <laughs> so the I'm, gravy train. I've been looking up this stuff. Yes. I'm looking at this. Well, Noble's already got. Uh, they got already, they're, they're, no, they're, it's a hundred bucks already. You can't. Yeah, you can't it get was in down there, to man. like fifty, and yeah. that's a hundred. You can't get Although, in. Although you never guys. know. I mean, it's hard. Yeah, you get. There's probably two or three of these players that you can sneak in on. Well, yeah, that, there's investment opportunities. That's what the show's about. <laughs> so anyway, that's what I. This is what I've been spending uh, my week on, and uh, and the more I look at it, and the, the more it's just like, oh, this makes sense. the whole Arab Spring. It was about stopping the gas to do because you can't have gas coming in from everywhere. Then you know the gas becomes so cheap that you can't make any money on it. Syria, by the way, is and not. By the way, also this explains why we've done nothing about Bahrain, Qatar, any of these other countries with the Arab Spring, no real gas. Arab Spring yeah. action. <laughs> no gas, no no interest, no no gas, no care. NGNC. That's your hashtag. No gas, no care. You got no gas, I don't give a crap about you. You're not important. But think about, and this is my crack pottery, think about Fukushima. All of this happened after this discovery. Hey, man, what are we going to do about these nuclear plants? Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you make it really scary and really dangerous, and that'll be more demand for gas. Japan can't get enough gas. India. Israel has already, is already putting deals together to ship their gas to India. India's freaking out. They need gas. Who's going to send it? Israel. They're doing deals right now. I've got all of the... It's all in the show notes. 381.nashownotes.com. You know, you think with the food they eat, they'd have all the gas you'd ever need. Hmm. Hold on. Ooh! <laughs> Simultaneous dingage. So, but I just look at the Arab Spring. I'm like, it makes so much sense, John. Yeah, no, this is good. I think this analysis, we should just keep this as our basis for watching this action going on in Syria and, and elsewhere. Um, and we've got to we've got to be able to put the corporate names to the shills. So Hillary Clinton, we know she's in with Noble. Um, and even Bill Clinton came out and, and started yapping about that. So there. Yeah. But they, we know that the, the Clintons really work for the Bushes. And this is a Houston firm. So, duh, really simple. But also the Far East uh, Energy Corporation, which is owned by the Chiners. They're also involved, and I think they're in the Clinton-Bush camp. I'll just say, you know, Clinton-Bush-Obama, because it's not Obama, it's whoever's running the, the show with him, because he immediately, the first company, the first company to, to, uh, to get offshore drilling in the Gulf, Noble Energy. Never heard of them. Guess where they have connections? You're going to love it. Switzerland. Zook. Zook, Switzerland, Glencore, Mark Rich, Clinton. Connect all those dots. And I think if we just keep this in mind, you and I, because we'd kind of gotten away from it because we had overlooked the gas thing. You know, it's like gas and whatever. I had no idea. And we had actually discussed this Leviathan field, but we never thought about the implications. Now going back, and I actually did a lot of the search on my, uh, I have one of those uh, Yacy search engines, so it filters out all the bull crap from Google. And it just gives you kind of part sparse results. Man, I found so many amazing articles about how huge uh, problems have been predicted uh, between uh, Lebanon and Iran and Israel because of this gas and the maritime borders and who really owns it. And, that, and again, that's why you get the laws of the sea. That's what Hillary Clinton has been spearheading herself. Well, you know, this is who really owns it and this belongs to them and and then Cyprus. And, you know, so, but it's it's corporations because you have Russians who want to ship the gas 
through the Arab pipeline, and you have Russians who are in Cyprus and want to get it from Israel. And it could be the same guys, for all I know. That's just the heads. They don't give a crap. And they don't give a crap about people. Well, they just don't want anybody else getting it. That's the Of course, problem. of course. And this totally, now, now for once, I can say, yeah, Israel is really important for douchebags. So are, let's take, a, let's take, take a break and, and uh, yes. for the moment, I and then do. we'll get back. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. We want to thank some people who appreciate this kind of uh, insight because uh, nobody, uh, I mean, you can't, you're not going to get anybody talking about this stuff. Well, uh, we, would have, been Voss, inter- we uh, would have been Evergreen, interrupted. Colorado, uh, Jace, uh, $121.12, which is, is that a... Yeah, we, 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 would, have yeah. Been, we would have been interrupted at least five times, maybe more by commercials. So we would have lost our train of thought and it wouldn't have worked. You would have switched away and gone to listen to... Uh, I was watching the, uh, n- the Democracy Now! show where I picked up a couple of things, including a clip I got later. Uh, and it was just terrible because at the end, this guy's got got on a roll and she said, well, we got You got one minute left because we're done. You know, <laughs> yeah, the guy yeah. had to rush through his yeah. argument in one minute and they had to kill the show. Yeah, it, it always kills. This, it. this doesn't work. No, this has to be done the way we're doing it. And that's why we have to thank Jason, Jason Dozier or Dozier in uh, Kansas City, Kansas, hundred eleven dollars and 13 cents. Uh, also, uh, this is Alexandra Dennison. Uh, in New South Wales. Hi, guys. I'm making this contribution as a Valentine's gift for my boyfriend, Peter Dobson. The guy is a huge No Agenda fan. While I typically shun all things Hallmark, I am happy to make an exception donating to you guys. You're pretty great. Not sure why I haven't donated sooner. Certainly, this won't be the last. $100.24. Thank you very much. That's our 10th female listener. Anonymous Hillbilly in Elkins, West Virginia, $100. I'm probably, uh, uh, I can't give more than the IRS is now garnishing my wages for. Oh, and this boy. Is, this is, oh, God. You know, we could we could put a, a garnish on your wages and take the money directly every uh, every month if you want. <laughs> happy to do that. Poor guy. Yeah. Uh, okay, now you're going to have to pronounce oh, this because I got a Wait a minute, wait a minute. Karma shot for him. He wanted some karma. Yeah, give him a karma shot. You've I'm got sorry. karma. An anti-wage garnish karma shot. It was $100. And now you have pure... <laughs> It looks like Hasselstrom yeah. in Stockholm. It's Pear. Pear Hasselstrom. Pear Hasselstrom. Hasselstrom. Pear. In uh, Stockholm, $100. Thomas Casey in Rotterdam, $100. Af- hmm, doesn't sound like a Dutch name. No. After the producer with the cerebral palsy donating, I could no longer live with being a douchebag. Oh, let me give him a de-douching for that. <laughs> You've been de-douched. Yeah, absolutely. That's why he did it, so that you would feel that way, and it works, and we appreciate it on Clinton. both ends. Yeah, exactly. Clinton Latham in St. Peter's, Missouri, $100. He who shall not be named in Port Jefferson, New York, $99. Sir Stephen E. Taft, to you, Marietta, Georgia, 8843, double nickels on the dime to celebrate Magnus Racing's GT class win at the 24 hours and day to, excuse me, Daytona and $33.30 as a third attempt to get an official podcast license. Well, I'm, gonna I'm put getting it ready to right drop now. my two monthly PayPal donations in favor of a single auto generated check. It's only yes. $20 a month, but I'm just an old retired knight. Sharing what I have to keep the best podcast in the universe going, your humble servant, Sir Stephen Black Knight of the Drones. Yeah, and I just want to say, I have, uh, since we, we need to talk about it every show, essentially, PayPal drops your 
recurring donations. They drop it and they'll give you some bullcrap thing like, well, the, the credit card couldn't be used. And we have people say this credit card is good. I've used it continuously. There's no problem. And if they can't process a payment for whatever reason, they just cancel the recurring subscription. So if you have one, please check on it. Yes, please. Uh, Brian Wright in Pasadena, Maryland. Uh, dear, dear John and Adam, time for some value for value. I've been listening to the best podcast in the universe since the first show, and it's about time I became a donor, not a boner. Could you de-douche me, please? Absolutely. <laughs> You've been de-douched. You also have a son, Lane. He's on the birthday segment. He just turned 16 this past February 6th. He's a huge fan of the show. Uh, I'm also donating because I would hate for the show to go back to once a week. I need my weekly two to the head. Thanks for all you do, and please keep up the great work. Uh, now, this one is a mess on my screen, but it's Hans Jörg Schultz, I believe. Yes. In Mecklenburg, I, which I think is in Deutschland. I think Bad it's Doberman, I think Doberman. It's, Yeah. Uh, 6969. Jeff Daly, uh, Arlington, Virginia. Hello. No comment. <laughs> no. Arlington. None, Hello. none needed. None needed. <laughs> 6789. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we need more of those guys in Arlington. Jeffrey Yerke, Concord, California, 6666. Hey, John and Adam, now that I'm back to being a wage slave, I thought it was high time to start uh, being a donor, not a burner. Yerke and I, by the way, work together on uh, remastering old uh, vinyl. Oh, really? Yeah, we have quite quite a few things done. Oh, that's cool. Still waiting for John and my Red Fox fortune to come in. We're looking for the uh, lice. We're looking for the owners of the Red Fox party albums copyrights. Red so Fox, can- like from Sanford and Son? Yeah, he did a whole bunch of party <laughs> records. Lamont, ah, Martha, I'm coming, Lamont. He did a bu- before that. He was he did all these cheap party records. Really, hundreds of them. That's cool. And uh, we cannot find who owns the uh, copyright because <laughs> well, we, you want to re-release them. Yeah, they're hilarious. <laughs> oh, I need a dedouching. Let me get in there. You've been So if anybody has a clue on where to get these, we'll, we'll want to license the uh, That's license. That's funny. That's very good. Good been doing uh, this for years. Good uh, Aaron Laudy in Montreal, uh, Quebec, uh, 6666. You gentlemen deserve this value for value donation a long time ago. But alas, better late than never, I'd like to request a special shot of karma for the love of my life, Kelly. She'll be going in for jaw surgery next week, and we'd like some karmic assistance for the six-week recovery. Absolutely. Here you go. It's going to look great, by the way. You've got karma. Be great. Brandy Ingrando uh, in Denver, Colorado. Donations for chemo bonus. Bonalik? Bonalik. I think Bonalik. Or Bonalik or like for his 36th birthday on 210. He loves your show and the jingles, especially in the morning. In the morning. Please wish him a happy birthday. We put him on the list. To Samantha Costin, Stockton, California, 60. We're up to a lot of women. In uh, the morning, John and Adam, I wanted to send you some donation. Love uh, your way and wish my amazing husband, Joe the Dish Slave. Hey. A happy birthday. His birthday is on Saturday the 11th. I know a shout out from you guys would make his day. If yep. you also don't mind sending some karma for him and our family, it would be greatly appreciated. Absolutely. Love him, love the cups. You've got karma. Uh, the mugs, I should say. The Doug in the morning news mug. Anonymous in Sofia. Bulgaria. I, Bulgaria, A yeah. fine oil, a gas transport country. Age. <laughs> Coming, <laughs> yeah, owned by some private company uh, associated with Goldman Sachs. Hey, John and Adam, first-time donor here. Thank you for all you've done. To show my support, I've started a little Tumblr blog, No Agenda Gifts. 
No agenda, uh, no agenda gifs.com to propagate the formula in my own way. It's full of original content. Oh. They're pretty easy to make, and you've got plenty of material to bounce off of. It's so wait, enjoy wait. the mindless gifs and spread them around. It's not PS- working. It's not working. It does have to be www. Maybe no, it's unusual. No, it's not working. No you agenda. Gotta, gifs. No agenda gifs. No, it's not working. That sucks. Okay, well we'll work on that. Uh, P.S. Also, when time permits, I can make hand-drawn ones like the Vacation Karma for Julie Jeff for your nights. Okay, well, we'll work on the. I'll get a hold of her. Him. Sorry, him. It. Uh, oh, it's, a, Stirk- it's no agenda gifs.tumblr.com. Oh. They are very funny, by the way. Okay. Little animated gifs. Oh, that's cool. Uh, good. We could use them. Is there a cat running back and forth across the screen? He actually has a, a sheep that has boots on, and it says boots on the ground. <laughs> Andrew Sturgell in England, Colorado. I want to thank him for $60. Also, Aaron Anderson, Louisville, Kentucky, $60. Why? With the comment, why? Because I love you, oh, he says. No. Roman uh, Mikhailovich, Mikhailovich in St. Petersburg. Russia. Russia. We don't have that many Russians. I don't think the Russians get a fine gas exporting country. Fifty-seven seventy-five would be awesome if you mentioned tmradio.net. Absolutely open radio with podcasts and stuff in Russian. Ooh. Can't decide which one of you will get my Valentine. Oh, make it me, please. Send it to Mickey uh-huh. or Mimi. Uh-huh. Christina Rackley, fifty-six seventy-eight. Uh, Second Mile Productions in Malvern, Ohio, fifty-six seventy-eight. Which is odd that we have two of those. Hi, John and Adam. The house hunting and travel karma worked. We found a house that seemed perfect for us and it has a few issues, but because of those issues, we may be able to get it at a better price. The house is bank owned, which could also help the price. We put in an offer and hoping to hear back this week. So I want to ask for some. Hopefully the bank accepts our offer karma. Yeah, uh, this is from Brian and Susie Morris, where we stayed during the Hot Pockets tour from Second Mile Productions. They actually followed up. The bank rejected their offer. Uh, but they said, as we know, karma works in strange and wonderful ways. So they're expecting something crazy good to happen, like a whole nother house that they uh, they never even had thought probably- of. So let me make sure they get that uh, unexpected karma shot. You've got karma. So I guess we didn't get the karma in on time. Maybe. Brian Rogers, Newton, New Jersey, 5555. Why? Because value for value. Kevin Chismar. In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, double nickels on the dime. Long-time boner, first-time donor, could really use some hey, citizen, get laid karma. <laughs> okay, let me try. Uh... <laughs> citizen? You've got... Oops, no, that didn't work well. Let me try that again. Hey, citizen. You've got karma. There you go. Don't want to misfire. Uh, Scott in Leesburg, Virginia, double nickels on the dime. Adam's plea for money didn't move me until he started reading the Fruit Loop voice ads. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have a new one to read. I have a new one. I found the Old Navy one. Oh, God. Yeah. So um, because our donation, actually, if we can have it like today, every day, then two shows is good. Uh, I'm good for two shows, but we we promised ourselves we'd give the whole month of November to find, uh, to make sure that, you know. February. We're, uh, February, well, it's November, February. Uh, so the jury is still out. But uh, to try and pick up the slack of uh, paying the bills, I uh, signed up with a voice agent. 
And, you know, they send me these voiceovers. It's mainly, it's a lot of it's for television. And by the way, when I see what they did choose on television, I'm like, oh, crap. I mean, uh, all right. There's no way I could do that. So this one is for Old Navy. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is the level I've sunk to. They right? should pay us for playing these. They should. But the instructions said they wanted a Hank Kingsley kind of voiceover. You know, Hank hey King- now. From the Larry Sanders show. Hey, now. This is how low... I have sunk. This is Adam Curry. Three scripts for Old Navy, the perfect pufferizer. Uh, two scripts, the perfect pufferizer and censor. It's the perfect weather for a perfect puff uh, at Old oh, Navy. That's enough. We're filling them with just the right amount of puff to keep your family looking cute and stuff. Wait, listen to the second one. See that puff's full of stuff. <laughs> fits to perfection. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> please, oh. please, please behoove me. <laughs> Don't let him do this, folks. <laughs> That's so bad. All right. I, have, uh, I haven't gotten a single karma game, for by Kathy the way. in New York and a Huntsman Karma combo for him. So you do a Huntsman Karma. Okay. You've got karma. There's Spike in Hamilton, Ohio. Double nickels on the dime. Uh, have, hearing Adam's voiceover application has compelled me to donate. <laughs> Good. Hopefully we can keep you from going to one show a week as it will screw up my commute. Yeah. Thanks, as always, for the best podcast in the universe. Maxwell Roberts, Crown Point, Indiana, double nickels on the dime. like to do some karma to all the No Agenda fans who actually donate to the show and call out Scott McLaughlin as a douchebag. Douchebag. You've got karma. Patrick Vaughn, Traverse City, Michigan, 55 double nickels on the dime. The karma for my last donation was a misfire. Please send me with another karma to help me secure a new job I've been chasing. Keep up the good work. Help to donate in the future. Save the voice talent from Adam. Hold on a second. Patrick, uh, I do want to say something, Patrick, because he sent me a note about what happened. Uh, When you receive the karma and it works, you have to acknowledge it and then don't think that, you know, karma goes on forever. Here's what he said. Uh, Last night, my newly 18-year-old stepson went to a casino. This is after he requested karma. For the first time, the worst possible thing happened. He won a couple of hundred dollars. A few days later, he went back and walked away with one thousand dollars. Now he thinks we're all idiots for working for a living. <laughs> that's what that's what eighteen year olds do. Yeah. And he went to a reputable sporting goods store and purchased a nineteen seventy eight Russian military surplus rifle. So he got his karma right there, a thousand bucks worth of karma. And then he went to the gun range, and after ten rounds, the rifle blew apart. A metal, oh God. a metal cover blew off and beamed the kid right in the nose. No serious injuries, but the store and the stores quickly serviced the the rifle, and it's uh, good as new now. But uh, you know, he's he's calling this a karma misfire. I'm going to disagree. You had your karma right there, a thousand dollars worth of karma. Don't go tempting the karma. That's not a good idea. So I'll give you a, a, another shot there as requested, but be careful with it. You've got karma. To be used with uh, caution and consideration. Hey, Howard Abraham, Rochester, Minnesota. Nice place, 5510. Been meaning to donate for the past year, but something always came up. This re- week I realized it's not going to be a good time ever. Uh, please de-douche me and send me some anti-conversion syndrome karma. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> You've been de-douched, You've got karma. <laughs> More on that coming up.
quite sure what that's all about. And this Ken the, it's Medlock. the Leroy thing, the, anti- the conversion. Uh, oh, re- whoa, right, mass that. hysteria. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're. Oh, oh, it gets better. Ken trust Med- me. Uh, we're not. We don't. We're not going to have time to discuss. Yeah, too we much will. Of that, I don't think. Yeah, we will. Ken Medlock, Roeville, Victoria, fifty-five ten. Been a listener since the very first DSC. Long time no agenda subscriber. Wanted to cheer up Adam. Uh, could use a karma shot. Uh, and MILF for my lovely wife of 20 years as of February 8th. Philip Smith, you also consider it as a virtual challenge coin. So pony up the, some cash or you'll be even further in drink debt. <laughs> MILF! That's one mother I like to. You've got karma. Andrew Ibrahim, Toronto, Ontario. Uh, might be pronounced Abraham. Uh, 5432, looking for a deducing and a karma. Hmm. Simultaneous, yeah. <laughs> You've been de-douched. You've got karma. He wants to call out Richard Chin for being a douchebag since he's been listening for years and hasn't donated a cent. Douchebag. There you go. Uh, Calzino Venditori in Saskatoon, the Paris of Canada. <laughs> Uh, 5127. Hey, uh, citizens, I just want to thank you for your outstanding work on the greatest podcasting universe. Couldn't ha- bear to have my weekly dose of assassination cut in half. So here I am, longtime boner coming out of the woodwork. Give him a de douching. And a karma shot. At and the a same karma time. combo. You've been de douched. You've got karma. He needs to give a douchebag call out for subterranean Zen, who has been listening for a while but has yet to pay you, and a MILF call out for his wife. Douchebag! MILF! That's one mother I'd like to. Uh, Ektorina Antonasova. Antonasova. Ektorina Antonasova from uh, Westboro, Massachusetts, $50. Keith Jacobs, Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. Uh, $50, can you top off my karma last shot? Help me get a job at a local brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me, you know, so you're going to send us some free beer. Here it comes. You've got karma. Like Science Friday as a show. Uh, Dave Funk, Redding, California, $50. Project Xenos, Oklahoma City. Also a uh, happy birthday for Ariana. Happy 13th birthday. She's a huge fan. I would love to hear the Hot Pockets jingle. We haven't played that for a while. No. And can it arsonomics.com, white people, what? White people are white people rioting.com and white (laughs) al-Qaeda.com. Nice. Yeah, that'll get us in the the slammer. Yeah, that's going to help. Robert Newton, $50. Sir Sir David C. Pugh in North Canton, Ohio, $50. A good thing that you denied the Patriots some Super Bowl karma. I was far too drunk to walk away. <laughs> we didn't give them karma and they lost. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Eric Rose, but we don't do that. Eric Roseboom. Rosenboom. Rosenboom from in Holland. No, come on. Krimpen Andelek. Krimpen Andelek, very good. That means, that means griping on the lake. Exactly, right? exactly. You're cor- Here's an urgent call for karma from Gitmo Nation Lowlands. My 12-year-old son, Ben, is forced by his mother and ex-wife to move to another town and school. Despite he doesn't want, the fact he doesn't want to, he's got some form of autism. PDD.NOS makes the moves extra bad for him. That's why I started a lawsuit uh, and he goes to a lot of stories. But give him some karma and we'll deal yeah, with it. Absolutely. I hope it all works out. Now we were wrapping You've it up here. we got karma. Cameron Smith and... Uh, Wangare Northland. Wait, you forgot William Young. 
William Young, Lebanon, Tennessee, a regular. Uh, I guess not. It says he's new. Um, $50. Cameron Smith, Rangery, Northland. Likes John to say hello to Anna Beloved. Mina Esposa para Sempra. <laughs> All right. Uh, he needs to get a little back. He, he needs some karma. Uh, That's what he really of needs. Of course. Oops. Here we go. You've got karma. Jeff Long, O'Neill, Nebraska, $50. Uh, hello, citizen terrorists. Hope this donation doesn't end the desperate ra- rantings and pleas for donations. Oh, okay. It's my favorite part of the show when you make me feel guilty about listening to a free podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. And finally, the goose hung high. Framingham, Massachusetts, $50. And that'll be our donors for today's show. We want to thank them all. Appreciate the uh, the support, which is what you're doing. Uh, go to noagendanation.com, noagendashow.com, dvorak.org slash NA, channel dvorak.com slash NA to uh, continue the support in the, uh, for the next show. And, uh, of course, we do have the palindrome, the 214, coming up for Valentine Day. And uh, if this is the level of support you can keep up for us, then uh, we're going to be good. But it will have to be an average for February. Uh, otherwise, it's uh, back to the old Navy voiceovers for me. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Hey, citizen. Hot Pockets. It's your birthday, birthday. I'm no one Joe, the dish slave, uh, wanted to congratulate himself uh, as he celebrates on the 11th. But, of course, Samantha Costa congratulates her husband, Joe, the dish slave, with his birthday on the 11th. Brian Wright uh, says happy birthday to his son, Lane Wright, turned 16 on the 6th. Brian Ingrando congratulates Kimo Bonalik, or Bonalik, Bonalik, who is 36 tomorrow on the 10th. And Project Zeno says happy birthday to his daughter. Ariana turns 13 on the 14th on Valentine's Day. Aw, ain't that cute. It's your birthday, yeah. There we go. Keep it up, people. This is good. And remember, no nights. No, no it's not that good. Uh, and remember, nothing says I love you. Than a donation to No Agenda. Last t- chance to dance on uh, Especially Sunday. Especially on somebody else's behalf. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I got stuff, but uh, I'll, uh, I think I'm, I should let you. Uh, you got anything? Yeah, I do have a couple things I wanted to just throw in there. There, I think there may be some continuation. I, you know, the way we're handling the, the country's handling a lot of this stuff, and the way the news organizations are handling stuff. I still believe the CIA is. Uh, Got a, a battle going on with Obama on some in some way, shape, or form. We had on the New York Times this, this clip is an NYC writer on Syria. This is uh, Nicholas Kristof. Oh, you take a he's look, the shill. If you take a look at his uh, wiki page, you kind of see you know some interesting factoids he's about George him. He's George Clooney's handler. And no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, this is the New York Times. I, I know who this is. Nicholas Kristoff is the guy that got George Clooney interested in the whole Sentinel project. Oh, that, well, that's a possibility, but this yeah. is not that creepy handler no, no, that's it, always with him. No, but he is, he's a part of the whole deal. Chris, well, whatever the case yeah, is, right. I thought this was interesting because he is making the claim that there is no reporting going on and that we have to be careful. And I still think the CIA is against or, or there, there's a battle going on between public opinion what the Obama administration wants to do and what the CIA wants to do. And first, we're going to play this, and then I'm going to play a shot across the bow 
mm. clip which tells you know Obama to back off. And, and Nick, I know you've been trying to get into into Syria. What, what do you think about the situation in, involving the media there? Well, I mean, it's really hard to galvanize the international community to care about a crisis when you don't have a lot of footage coming in over television screens. And there are some uh, individuals in Syria who've been doing an absolutely heroic job with their cell phones uh, and then heroic. capturing that video and then taking it at some risk to themselves and trying to post it uh, through, in some cases, uh, the, the cell networks of surrounding countries near the borders. Um, and if they are caught with that, if they're caught doing that, um, they will be arrested and, and risk execution. So I, you know, boy, I, I admire their courage. Mm. But in the absence, frankly, of, you know, CNN and the New York Times and, and a lot of other international media, it is a lot harder to get that kind of international uh, critical mass of attention at the U.N., uh, in Arab League capitals, and especially to create that kind of pressure on Moscow and on Beijing. Yeah, time to bring in Clooney, I say. Notice there was the Moscow-Beijing oh, thing, yeah. too, which oh, is yeah. like, okay, oh, whatever. Yeah. So so, uh, so there was this weird thing that showed up on Democracy Now! with Gravel Voice uh, <laughs> reading the news about the drones being approved for small four-pound drones or trying to make them legal in all the cities so we can be, so little drones can be flying outside the windows. Yeah. And then she has this very funny line because she, I've ne- if you've ever watched that show, she just reads news items one after another with yeah. no segues. Yeah. Never has a segue. First time ever she has a segue and she says in other drone news. <laughs> We'll Which I easy. thought was, why, why is she doing a segue? And then she does a CIA, re- essentially a CIA report where one of the ex-CIA heads of the, the one that got the military guy, you'll, he, this is a very interesting, I don't know where they got it or why they even ran it because it just seemed like a messaging more than anything else. But play the, the, the whole drone story. We'll make it easier for domestic law enforcement agencies to obtain and use pilotless surveillance drones inside the United States. According to the American Civil Liberties Union, the bill would require the FAA to allow police agencies to operate any drone weighing 4.4 pounds or less under certain conditions. Jay Stanley of the ACLU said, quote, this bill would push the nation willy-nilly toward an era of aerial surveillance without any steps to protect the traditional privacy that Americans have always enjoyed and expected. In other drone news, former CIA <laughs> Director Michael Hayden has openly criticized the Obama administration's use of pilotless drones to assassinate suspected militants around the world. Hayden said, quote, right now, there isn't a government on the planet that agrees with our legal rationale for these operations, except for Afghanistan and maybe Israel. The drone program began under President George W. Bush, but has rapidly expanded under Obama. So far, the Obama administration's carried out drone strikes in Iraq, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Yemen, Ethiopia, and Libya. Hayden also criticized the U.S. assassination of the U.S.-born cleric Anwar al-Awlaki in Yemen. Hayden said, quote, we needed a court order to eavesdrop on him, but we didn't need a court order to kill him. Isn't that something? He asked. Um, so let me say something about this. Uh, first of all, I've read the... Uh, the FAA, uh, what is the actual, uh, well, it's the, the FAA bill. And there's uh, everyone's kind of concerned about the drones. But actually, 
uh, and as an aviator, I'm very interested in this, of course, is does play into our hand, John, with the uh, Devorak Curry Drone Corporation, because what it does is it makes it uh, illegal to fly uh, essentially a remote controlled airplane without a pilot's license. So you will have to get a uh, an extra add on in your ticket. So I have uh, fixed wing, single engine, and I have uh, helicopter all rating. So I can fly. I can fly a Chinook, and I can. And I have. Um, but then if you want to fly a drone uh, or even a remote controlled aircraft, you'll have to have a pilot's license. So it's actually a restriction unless you uh, are approved by the FAA and have taken all the tests. Um, what this further does is it finally and I predicted this would happen. It finally provides the FAA with the 11 billion dollars they wanted to uh, implement the next gen um, ATC system. So this is where it's not about drones. It's about your airplane will have no pilot in it. Okay. So it's going to start with cargo, but you're going to get on an airplane. and You're going to feel so incredibly safe because we don't have pilots on board anymore. Those pesky pilots who make all those crazy mistakes and kill you all the time. Notice, though, what she said in this report. She talked about a pilotless drone. And this is something that is that uh, the. Um, uh, military industrial complex and i read all of their newsletters is all over what she means here is an autonomous drone and the autonomous drone indeed does not have a ground crew piloting it it makes decisions based upon a terrorist profile whether to shoot and kill you or not that is what the pilot it's a very key difference because a drone is not pilotless a pilotless drone is autonomous and to show you how bad it will be remember those guys who were coming from england into the u.s and they they put on the tweeters like we're going to go uh, uh destroy uh, america what happens is is these systems that are that are trailing and you know and basically sniffing twitter all the time see destroy america it said you know it immediately connects to the person's name the, which, thank you very much, Twitter, immediately, I'm sure they have an API into Twitter's database, sends it right over to the Border Patrol, and they stop the guy, because they didn't know one actually read the tweet. That was automatic. Autonomous systems is very, very dangerous. Finally, the good news is, John, this will clear the way for our game show. What game show is that, Adam? Win, lose, or drone. That's right. Now that we're official and we have a pilot's license, the Dvorak Curry Drone Corporation can go on out and we'll be the only ones exclusively to play... To play Win, Lose, or Drone. So uh, I would recommend the movie RoboCop, the first one. Yes. <laughs> which has this element in it with the automated... Uh, kind of drone uh, they're not flying drones but they're drones as it were right and uh, then i want to go back and mention it re-mention the hayden uh commentary on drones the ex-cia guy who was the most military one of late he actually came out of the military oh uh, you know petraeus is too obviously but um i just thought that was weird that he would make these statements about the illegality of these dronings no well of course but you know, there, there's a, there's a lot going on with. Uh, I mean, the the real problem with all of this is that this is it's not enough money. You see, these drones are really efficient. You know, you, you can you can get a nice drone that can shoot off some missiles for about ten fifteen million dollars, and it's just not enough people involved. And all these contracts, you know, is, uh, they don't like it. I was watching some C-SPAN, 
uh, speaking of the military-industrial complex, and a guy named Frank Kendall. He's from the uh, from the Pentagon, and I was blown away by this. This is the. Uh, He's been nominated as the Undersecretary of Defense for Acquisition Technology and Logistics, and he was at the uh, an event called the Center for Strategic and International Studies. This is how this is how, this is my life. <laughs> I'm like, I'll watch what this guy has to say. It's very short. Listen, you, you know the Joint Strike Fighter, the F F thirty five. Yeah, the one that can't land. Yeah, that would be the one. Now, the Joint Strike Fighter is. Uh, is like I don't know. The project is is apparently they put the hook in the middle of it so it can't really land on an aircraft carrier. Something dumb like that. Yeah. But it's hundreds of billions of dollars, and you know, there's all kinds of countries bought. It. I know the Netherlands bought into it, the Gitmo Lowlands, and they paid a lot of money for the privilege to manufacture, like I don't know, you know, a wingtip or something. And, you know, this 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 is a huge multinational project amongst NATO members to build this F thirty five. And here's what. The Undersecretary of Defense for Acquisition Technology and Logistics says about the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter. Putting the F-35 into production years before the first test flight was acquisition malpractice. It should not have been done, okay? but we did it. Okay? So now Dr. Carter first, and now, and, and now no, I am dealing with Malpractice. Acquisition malpractice. Oh, thanks. I like that word. <laughs> acquisition malpractice? Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. That was your tax dollars that went into that acquisition malpractice. Anyone going to jail by any chance? <laughs> no. No. Just. Bah. Makes me mad. There's yeah. a, I won't play it. I'll, I'll play it on Sunday. That uh, Remember those North Dakota farmers who got that, uh, that drone called out on them? Yeah, right. For the cows. For there's a lot more, it's too long. There's a lot more to that story, which I definitely uh, want to do on Sunday. There, there's a I, there's a thing I keep forget I keep forgetting to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, JC has a friend living in the Ukraine mm-hmm. who is uh, eventually going to become part of our organization. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I was just saying. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, on he, the payroll? Uh, Are you? I haven't. What meeting was this determined in? Uh, so you'll see. Uh. And the point is, is that he's there's a rumor, it's a rampant rumor in the Ukraine uh, going around that says, and I, this could be planted, but it's, it's definitely going around. It says that Germany is using either a British company or some Russian company, someone somewhere, to print up boatloads of, of Deutschmarks. Deutsche We've already talked about this a couple of times, haven't we? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, here, so here's... But anyway, so there's a lot of stuff about Germany and how great the place is on PBS. <laughs> uh-huh. And so I ran into this really idiotic piece that was done because they've got that woman, Margaret Warner. They sent her to Germany. And she's floating around and they're talking about, you know, how great the Germans are and how smart they are and how they, they export. The Germans export. The little country with one-tenth our size exports more than we do. It's a bunch of messages in these reports. But the one I got the biggest kick out of is the one I have listed here, the idiotic comment. To Germany's success lies in small to medium-sized family firms like this one that manufacture some highly specialized and indispensable piece of equipment. The Germans like to say, we make the thing that goes inside the thing that goes inside the thing. (laughs) Have you ever heard him say that? 
Wir lieben das Ding, was geht in der Ding, was geht in der Ding. Das ist der Tagesclip. So now, but here's the real irony of this piece. We make the thing that. How many times you said we make the thing? We make the thing that goes inside the thing that goes inside the thing. There's three uses. Okay. We it, make the know, thing that goes inside the thing that goes inside the thing. Okay, so we will translate that to German. Okay, and let's listen to this coming out of your BMW one of these days. Wir machen das, was im Inneren der Sache die im Inneren der Sache geht, geht. <laughs> What? <laughs> it's not that simple. No, it's so, not. I like it in English better. Yeah, it's better in English. So so here's the part that's idiotic. She's got this company, the small to medium family firm. What, right? which, which company is it? Please keep it's me. A, it's this company. The business is 1.5 billion. <laughs> They make that giant drill that drills holes in the ocean. You know, that huge... Borer machine that that drilled that dug out the tunnel under the you know the the channel and all the you know that's yeah, giant yeah, I know. monstrous <laughs> machine. That's the little little family owned company. I'm thinking the family cheese. owned small family owned firm. <laughs> I'm thinking cheese or something. Yeah, or like, that's what I was thinking. Was those, then it's this company that drills that you never seen those things, right? They're yeah, huge. they're huge. Or I thought maybe it was like the company that makes the Russian babushka dolls or something. Yeah, no. <laughs> It's a $1.5 billion dollar drilling company. The thing that goes inside the thing that goes inside the thing. <laughs> I already gave you a clip of the day for that. that, was, that Thank was, you very much. That Thank was, you very no, much. it was very good. It was very, very good. Wow. Yeah, it's just Do nice. you want to stay off topic one more clip? Yeah, but then I got to wrap it up with something outrageous. All right, you can wrap it up with something. This is outrageous. Oh, okay. So how, what, did, what to you is a gun? A gun? Yeah, a gun. What's a gun? You mean the definition of a gun, or what do I think yeah, is a good well, gun? Yeah, what's a gun? How would you define a gun? What's a gun? Something that uh, you put a bullet in, and you pull the trigger, and it shoots that bullet, bullet. up, and it can uh, kill you. Or, Probably. Or Now, what's, you. A, what's a fake gun? A fake gun is, is uh, exactly that, only it doesn't shoot. Right, but it looks like a regular gun. And, the rest, and of course, there's yeah. laws, for example, that if you have some sort of uh, product that has a gun shape... You 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 have to make it either yellow or day green right, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, so play I, this guns in school ridiculous report that I picked off off the TV. Officials at Cupertino High School say students should have known better. The school went into lockdown this morning after a janitor lockdown. saw the handle of this gun sticking out of a backpack. When sheriff's deputies arrived, they quickly determined it's a Nerf gun. Apparently, 30 <laughs> students brought them to school to play a game called Assassin. School officials say no guns, real or fake, are allowed on campus. They say they plan to punish the students, but didn't provide any details. He says that he was hit over... It's good. A, a Nerf gun. It doesn't even look like a gun. 
It doesn't even look like a gun. It shoots little gob, you know, pieces of foam. Meanwhile, President Yellow. Meanwhile, President it, President Obama is is shooting a, a marshmallow gun in the in the White House, and that's oh, that's okay. Yeah, and what is rubber band gun also something that's illegal because it it's you know a fake gun. How about it's a, not co- a fake gun? How about a, a fake caulking gun? Looks gun. like a gun. It doesn't look like a Nerf gun. <laughs> How about a caulking gun? This is the typical thing going on in the schools today, and it's a dumbed down bunch of idiots that run these schools. Really, people homeschool. <laughs> how about a, a, a caulking gun? How about That's a, a gun? It's how about illegal. A, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. How about a stapler gun? Illegal. <laughs> you can't have a stapler gun. What other kinds of guns can we think of? There's all kinds of groovy gun. A nail gun? Well, a nail gun you probably shouldn't take to school. But the compressor is kind of hard to put in your backpack. So The whole thing is a fiasco. Yeah, homeschool. I'm, I'm in agreement there. <laughs> I don't know if this jingle is going to make the cut. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I couldn't understand a word he said. Vaccines. Two vaccine stories for you. The um, first one for Haiti, everybody. This is a report from your national treasure, NPR Radio. The cholera outbreak began near a United Nations peacekeeping base, housing Nepalese soldiers. The strain of cholera that raced across Haiti is nearly identical to the predominant strain in Southeast Asia. It's widely believed in Haiti that overflowing outhouses at the UN compound were the source of the deadly outbreak. And an investigation led by French researchers drew a similar conclusion. In the coming weeks, Partners in Health plans to launch an unprecedented and somewhat controversial vaccination campaign against the disease. Now, is there a vaccine that you're aware of that uh, can stop cholera? I believe so. John Lasher says ultimately the way to eliminate cholera from Hades through building water and sewage treatment systems. But he says that could take years. While we're waiting, we know that there's a safe and effective oral cholera vaccine that can help prevent people from getting cholera again. By the way, it's uh, did you hear what he said? While we're waiting... While we're waiting, we have this little thing. Um, Why wouldn't we do that? Um, I think it would be certainly expected anywhere else in the world. But the vaccination proposal has been criticized by some Haitians and questioned by some other aid agencies. Partners in Health is planning to use a relatively new vaccine, Shanchal. Because of limited global supply of the drug, as well as logistical concerns, Partners in Health is only planning to offer it to 100,000 people, or just 1% of the Haitian population. Sounds to me like there's a bonanza going going on john someone got the contract sanchol which is a swedish made vaccine only approved by the world health organization at the end of september of last year coincidentally the un who infected the yes thank you world health organization part of the united nations who infected everybody it's made by sanofi pasteur a, a subsidiary of sanofi pasteur and um the uh the company uh, here it is. Uh, it was developed by the International Vaccine Institute in Seoul with support from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Yeah. So uh, if I could advise the people of Haiti, uh, have them clean up your water, have them give you decent place, place to poop. And you might want to consider not taking the vaccine because I think that the, the Bill and Melinda Gates are out to kill you. I wouldn't trust anything that comes out of them. Certainly, if not, if it's administered by a syringe. So this is this not is an oral vaccine. No, that's the alternative. This is the new one. Ducarol is the other one. 
<clears throat> yeah. The, the most traditional one is Ducarol. Yeah, that's the oral one. That's made well, why by... Would they have, why wouldn't they use the more traditional one? Money, baby. Money. It's Bill and Melinda Gates. Come on, it's money, All the dude. newer ones cost a lot more money. That doesn't make sense that you'd want to spend all that extra money. No, no, no. This is a money-making scam. This is money-making. Well, they got to do some with all that money that they've collected. We got uh, in the show... I'm just going to stick on vaccines for a second. In the show notes, you'll see a great new... Poster, you might see it at your local dentist, uh, which is promoting getting the uh, HPV vaccine because, you know. Wait a minute. You Hold can now on get it through Stop. your mouth. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. Yes. What does this have to do with dental work? Well, it's an oral doctor. And if you're having oral sex, you can get HPV. So now you can get an HPV shot at your dentist. What? Yes. <laughs> we had we, one of our producers took a screenshot. <laughs> I knew you'd love it. Yeah, Unbelievable! I'll, I'll, it's an, I'll, here. It is word of mouth. HPV and the changing face of oral cancer. And there's a little Asian kid there looking all bummed out. A boy, by the way, with HPV. Yeah, well, Asian boy with the oral cancer at the dentist. HPV. Oh yeah. These guys, the the sales guys are great. They really boy, they are good. <laughs> they know what they're doing. Um, okay, I got. I'm gonna wrap this up. I got one more. All right. I was gonna stick on vaccines. That's why I wanted to wrap. Oh up yeah, the we'll vaccine. wrap up the vaccines. All right, I'll wrap up the vaccines. Of course, I've been focusing on the uh, Leroy, which is now almost twenty. It used to be the Leroy twelve. This is upstate New York, where all these girls all of a sudden had ticks and twitches and. Um, a new guy on the scene. So whatever it is, we've tested only Gardasil. We've tested Gardasil, and therefore, it can't be a vaccine. Didn't test any other swine flu, anything else, any other flu shots, nothing else. No other immunizations. We tested Gardasil because we actually have to cover up the fact that it's because of Gardasil. Uh, now they bring out this new doctor, a new expert. And uh, he is saying this is PANS, which used to be known as PANDAS, P-A-N-D-A-S, and that stands for, um, hold on a second. I want to give it to you so you can look it up. Uh, oh. Yeah, here it comes. Uh, oh, I'm looking at the revision there. Ah, sorry. Uh, pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorder associated with streptococcal infections. That's what it used to be called. Now it's just pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorder. So they've changed the name, but it's very important if you look that up in the book of knowledge. Uh, and what that is, is, is an unknown. We don't, we think you get some kind of infection and because of this infection, then you develop a Tourette's like ticks, but we really don't know too much about it. It's uh, it's really you know, we really don't know too much about it. No one. It's crazy. This pandas disease is just like uh, who knows? It's like uh, but that's what it is. According to this doctor. Listen, yeah, Scott, Mary Alice, this is a downstate doctor who was called in by some parents who did not accept the initial diagnosis of conversion disorder. Dr. Rosario Trifoletti has said all along that he thinks the mystery illness in Leroy was caused by an infection. Tonight, he announced his preliminary findings do match up with that initial hypothesis. Trifoletti made his announcement tonight on the Dr. Drew show on the cable network oh, HLN. Oh, yeah. He said the girls he tested so you know it's a cover-up. in Leroy are showing signs that they could be 
suffering from pediatric acute neuropsychiatric syndrome. Now, that's also known as PANS, or formerly known as PANDAS. It's an autoimmune disorder caused by an infection which attacks parts of the brain. I can tell you that uh, they are testing uh, positive for uh, 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 each one is testing for either uh, streptococcus or mycoplasma, which is our known uh, triggers of the uh, the pandas pan uh, syndrome. Now again, Dr. Trifoletti was called in by some of the parents in Leroy who were not satisfied with that diagnosis of conversion disorder that they got at Dent Neurological in Amherst. But the jury is still out on this, and there are some parents who are satisfied with that diagnosis. Today we heard from one Buffalo doctor who says social media might... Now listen to this. This is where it gets really good for the cover-up. ...actually aid the spread of conversion disorder. Here's what he had to say this afternoon. When you're being exposed also um, through uh, videos and uploaded images to the same kind of um, uh, phenomena, if you are a person who is vulnerable in some way because of your own stresses and anxieties, uh, and um, in particular if you identify with that individual, I think there is a potential for that to then you know, uh, create um, uh, uh, further potential spread beyond the area that was initially involved. Okay, so this is really good. So now, social media is spreading the disease. And by the way, whenever you have a British guy come on with it, like, well, it's, it, there's some evidence that social media, if you are susceptible to this. So what does CBS News do? And regarding the Leroy story, we want to tell you about something that we've decided here at Two on Your Side. The doctors involved in this case have said that part of the problem is that the media is constantly replaying video of these girls on the news. <laughs> and the stress of being on TV, even after the interviews have ended, are making things worse for them. Well, Two on Your Side not only takes its journalism seriously, we also take our role in our community seriously. Uh And if not showing the teens and their tics will help, then we're in. And we've decided, until or unless some other diagnosis is realized, that we will not be showing the video of the girls and their tics. (laughs) It's like cover up like uh, oh 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 let's we gotta we gotta really temper this guys so let's see if this spreads to dr drew also saying oh no we can't show it because that just spreads the infection i was on mtv for seven and a half years with my tourettes hey Uh, raise your hand if it gave you tourettes hey hey give me the prediction we have seen these sorts of things before and they all have a lifespan and then they die in the media and nobody talks about the resolution. It never happens. No, of course not. What do not. you give it? A month? Two weeks? Not even. It's over. Done. No video, no story. You NVNS. think there'll be nothing next week? No. No video, no story. By this time next Thursday, I'm putting it in the book. No video, no story. No video, no story. If it bleeds, it leads. No video, no story. Okay, good point. No video, right, I got no one, story. Only one last little thing, which is kind of, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Show us your tick, slave. <laughs> uh, there, you know the Maldives guy was there was a junta or a coup. A junta? Is that like a puta? This island state of Maldives. Yeah, which used to be a nice vacation spot. Yeah, probably still is. But they they had his president, and they ousted. <laughs> apparently, there was a coup d'état, and the vice president took over, and he says, eh, "I didn't, I didn't never have a gun." But the guy, the president says, "There was a gun to my head. I had to live." It was a big, a bunch of bull crap. Okay. <laughs> okay. I've only run into one story. 
that I've seen, I could be wrong, maybe it's around someplace else, but it's kind of like the Cuban 50th anniversary again <laughs> on, on Democracy Now! <laughs> they covered a little factoid that I just thought was fascinating. In 2008, Nasheed became the first democratically elected leader of the Maldives. He gained international fame for his passionate warnings about the dangers of climate change to low-lying islands. His reputation was tarnished after the publication of a cable by WikiLeaks that suggested the Maldives signed on to the U.S.-backed Copenhagen Climate Accord in exchange for $50 million. <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Can I get some of that? Hey, 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 climate change. Give me $50 million bucks. What? Is that unbelievable? What? And there's no. Just remember that period of time too when they were talking about all oh, the islands are getting wiped out, our little islands. Oh no! Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I was completely wrong. It was a misfire. This, my friends, is without a doubt. Clip of the day. Yeah, I remember that. The Maldives may no longer exist. It's it's going to be underwater for fifty million dollars. <laughs> fifty million dollars. They'll say anything. <laughs> So will I. Hell yeah. Wow. I mean, it was just a jaw dropper for me. It was like, what a bunch of, what did, what is this world coming to? That is fantastic. Oh my goodness. And that's why you don't want the WikiLeaks around. Oh my goodness. That, what, a, what a great deal. I think I will get me some of that. Well, I can't top that, man. I can't. I think Mickey's been to the Maldives a couple of times. On I think she hung out with uh, like the prince or his son or something. Something weird. I'll have to get the Probably story from her before they elected this clown. But anyway, okay. Wow, that's that's that's. Uh, I'm blown away by that. Yeah, I remember that. And that was reported everywhere, wasn't it? Yeah, but this little this little nugget. Hmm. Interestingly enough, we don't get any reporting on that at all. How can it be? Wow. Anyway. Wow. Uh, let me just. Uh, 33. That's a magic number. All right. Just code we're working on as we get out of here and uh, we start preparing for our Sunday show, which will be uh, the uh, the last chance to dance for your uh, 214 donation for Valentine Day. Nothing says I love you better than a donation to no agenda. So we don't know exactly what the code is all about. However, uh, cold kills 33 more in Europe. Dam breaks in Bulgaria. So there's some code reason there. I, I guess that's part of the gas cabal with, with a 33. And this was actually from, uh, this was, was this from Fortune magazine, which surprised me. Uh, Forbes, I'm sorry. Uh, the Federal Reserve has made it official. After its latest two-day meetings, it has announced its goal to devalue the dollar by 33% over the next 20 years. Hello? That's got to be an investment message we're not on to. What the hell's that all about? Yeah. No, well, they did the calculation, and this is like, you know, about increase in price level of 2%. And so, you know, this is like, a, I don't understand this stuff. I'm a, I'm a VJ. I'm not an economist. We're going to look into this. But, uh, but the headline literally reads, the Federal Reserve's explicit goal, colon, devalue the dollar 33%. I mean, there's got to be a lot of guys reading their morning paper going, oh, Martha, shit. There's the 33, bitch. We got to get in on this. Bonanza time. You know what I'm saying? Would you please uh, talk to Horowitz about that? Yeah. Okay. May have some, it may have something to do with propping up the euro just by even saying this. It could be bull. 
Anyway, we certainly hope you enjoyed today's program. We hope you got something you can't get anywhere else, uninterrupted by uh, annoying commercials or compromised by commercial interest. The only interest we have at heart is you. You are not the product. Our show is the product, and we hope you enjoyed it as a useful and tasty product. And if, so, and if so, please consider supporting this program so we can keep it on the air two days a week by going to Dvorak.org slash NA and showing us your support with a donation. And, of course, uh, the Palindrome uh, Valentine's Day is uh, 214, and we look forward to that. Everything in the show notes at 381.nashownotes.com, including all the clips and uh, some PDFs and the maps and everything. And uh, until Thursday, coming to you from Camp Mofo here in the Drone Star State in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I have nothing creative to say, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's okay, because we love you that way. We'll talk to you again on Sunday right here on No Agenda. Uh, two scripts, the perfect pufferizer and sensor. It's the perfect weather for a perfect puff at Old Navy. Dvorak.org slash N-A